Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the Collective Podcast. Today we got Sir Ryan Hawkins on. Um, he and him and I have been talking uh, back and forth quite a bit, and he's got this really cool thing that he's developing right now um, on this. Uh, like this, was it Vertex? Is the magazine right? Or it's yeah, co- yeah. It's a. It's a. Everybody always calls it a magazine, but it's a. It's a three hundred page book that kind of just like started off as like. I went to Barnes and Nobles one day while my wife was shopping at Bath and Beyond. <laughs> and uh, That's like a common was... thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're always so next to one like... another. Uh, yeah, they're yeah they're always side by side. So um, I don't know why that is, but so the husband goes like... there and the wife goes yeah. there. <laughs> and so at the point, I was like, well, I need to find something like a new book, find some new tricks or something in like a, a advanced Photoshop magazine or something. And I went through the aisle like four or five times. I just really couldn't find anything on the news, uh, the magazine rack that really like, because like most of my artistic background and stuff is not like uh, movies or anything like that. And I felt that uh, a lot of things that are out there for artists, I mean, obviously uh, there's there's stuff out there that any artist can pick up from if you're not, it's just, it's just a, like a Photoshop trick you can translate that into any different type of, you know, medium, like whether it be like photography or film or, you know, games. It really doesn't matter. Some of those tricks are pretty universal. And um, I was finding that like most of these magazine companies like 3D World and stuff like that are basically uh, more catering to like the movie and VFX studios and stuff like that or those type of artists. Yeah, and um, and and that's not like my niche. I mean, more and more as I mature as an artist, I'm finding that I really like the movie style industry stuff and all that. But like at the time when I was at Barnes and Nobles and stuff, I was like, man, there's nothing here for like a video game artist to like get better. Mm. There's no like, there's a couple like 3D World and like some of the other magazines kind of they hint on that kind of stuff, but yeah. uh, they don't really. Um, like that could be like a one page article or maybe like two or three pages of like we had some guy from this studio do a thing on characters and it's so short that they have to like basically speed up that process and like take out uh, that you know like oh it's it's only three pages dude so you know that thing that you wrote like 10 page article we're gonna cut it down to three so like <laughs> give us the abridged version of your tutorial and it's and it's really like you miss a lot of the details. Yeah. And so like Barnes and Nobles has like a up and coming game section stuff like that too. And um, I basically went over there and looked for like uh, books, um, anything that I could like advanced Photoshop or like advanced 3D Studio Max or something like rendering tricks in V-Ray or something. And I just really couldn't find something that I hadn't already seen or wasn't outdated like a lot of those books that they get are like 2010 you know like really really outdated books and i'm like man this has been on the shelf for a while no wonder there's so many copies (laughs) yeah yeah this stuff dates itself really quickly though because of how fast and progressive the industry is yeah and that's 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 a true thing like um when i look for uh so i couldn't find anything and uh, what I did is I was I was actually really mad. Like I went back to my wife and I was just like, she's like, "What are you What are you pissed off about?" <laughs> I was like, "We mad about I, now." 
Yeah, what, what is it now? <laughs> you didn't want to go shopping with me. It was just drama. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so that I was like, you know, I went home with that frustration. And at the time, uh, it was it was like before the big Facebook peak thing, you know, like it was mm. still friends on MSN and friends on like Skype every now and then. It was more friends on MSN type days. Yeah. AOL or AIM or whatever it was. And I was just like, man, uh, I had friends like... Because before I got into the game industry, I was uh, one of the, um, the background community guys for the competition called Dominance War. So it was a it was a like a global art challenge for you know anybody who did characters could enter this okay. challenge. Yeah, and, for anybody that's listening to, we're getting deep into the this as well. I want to come back to this, but I just want to also address some of the other things that i well i guess we could probably do that later but you, I just, can, you can do whatever well i mean well because we're going to get probably pretty far into this and that's fine let's i guess you just continue i just wanted to mention that because of where you come from and your background and stuff like how you were the lead on the division at ubisoft and that's like a freaking massive project and that's actually a really big um task and i think we talked about we i think we might have worked on something together but not knowing but I think you left by then. I'm not sure, but I've worked with Ubisoft before, and so we were ta- talking about that a little bit. And I think we can even ch- chat about it. But, um, but yeah, the division was that that, that game just kind of uh, it got released pretty recently, didn't it? Yeah. So the division is a uh, is a project that's been kind of in the works for a little while now, and um, it's it's gone through some um, growing pains, mm. but uh, it basically is. It's a, it's a project that uh, it's a radical move for the Clancy universe. Um, basically, the Tom Clancy franchise is more or less uh, it's a really cool franchise because it's it's they don't do the sci-fi thing with the Clancy stuff. It's very like it's like anything like if you ever play a Clancy game, um, even if it's Splinter Cell or something like that, they have to have a reason why the tech is there, and you have to have proof of that could be in the future or is in current existing tech wow that's so interesting like, yeah so like anything that sam fisher is using is either been validated by current military officials or has been made by like lockheed martin or somebody already really and wow. as a prototype so like you well, have I haven't played the game that. i haven't played the game but i've seen some of the like the in-game playing stuff and the user interface and all that stuff they have like yeah, so dro- the... drones and stuff it's pretty nuts yeah. Yeah. So we have uh, so like the division isn't uh, out yet. We released the uh, trailer at E3. Um, it was a, like a gameplay demo. We had a guy go on stage and play the game, mm. and then uh, after that, uh, it was a rec- we recorded it while he's on stage, and then we released the recording so people that weren't at E3 could still see it. Okay. Um, and then people who were at E3 had a chance to go actually see it played in the booth uh, later on after the show. Right. And kind of see it in you know more upfront personal level. Um, Kojima even went and saw it and was just you know he was really floored about it and really loved it and made a comment like he needs to go back and rethink Metal Gear Solid or something. Oh wow, that's a and big I was just deal. Like, well, that's yeah, that's that's a huge deal. Big Kojima <laughs> fan myself. So yeah, um, yeah, Metal Gear Solid, man. So. Yeah, so getting props from him was really cool and. Um, we got a lot of props throughout the, you know, all over actually, not just games for the visual fidelity and like getting that, uh, a lot of people do New York and stuff like that, but like getting that New York-esque feel in the environment 
it's a it's a, it's a task you know like new york is a dirty clean you know it's really it has character it has a lot of like subtle things that people overlook generally sure did you and, go out and travel there uh no i mean like um i never went there we just did mostly like um we did a lot of google <laughs> a google earth stuff and mm. google maps street view and uh just really Great resource, started huh? it's amazing yeah, it's, resource. it was amazing yeah. and um we got to the point where we were we knew every street and we could just tell somebody to go to this street at this corner at this you know <laughs> and then eventually um after e3 and all that was over one of our one of my uh, friends emil mujanovic uh, he's a, he was the lead character on this other project he went to new york for fun just like a vacation mm -hmm. and he actually went to that street uh he went to the like the area where the demo was oh, and nice. he could walk around without a like a, people were like do you need help do you look lost or anything he's like no no i'm just taking pictures uh, trust me <laughs> no that's he cool could navigate man. based on his memory of like just the google stuff that we were doing while we were making the, the demo <laughs> that's cool man so yeah then it all works out then yeah because he's all that studying and stuff because when you're yeah. building um, levels and games like that especially with the fidelity that you guys um, brought into it that makes sense i don't i don't really naturally play games i don't i don't necessarily yeah i mean like that's the same for me. it but i but i thought i didn't know if it was out or not but i, I remember watching the gameplay um and it was quite amazing the user interface it's, it's, shit when he projects the map out and stuff and it's all it's really cool man it was, it was, it's a good different take on it for sure like um well thought the, out the user interface and all that stuff the ui and, is, is really clean and it's a i think it's an homage to like the swedish because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. the game is developed in sweden and mm, so okay. most of the we have a big chunk of the studio obviously is swedish and it has a lot of Swedish design in the game, uh, and I think the UI is a—it's just a, an homage to the Swedish design of when it comes to user interfaces and like just clean overall design. And uh, and it's and it's very minimal in the same sense, you know, like it's not overpowering. You wanted the person to be, um, uh, what is it? Uh, merged into the environment yeah you guys than... yeah that's what you it feels like you really um you guys really try to focus on allowing immersion to happen rather than a disconnected like a disconnected sense where like you're because like when you're looking at your wristwatch or something and it pops up and you can f like fold through it and, and everything else behind it, it's like racked out of focus and so you can kind of the line yeah. weight like the fidelity of the uh the, the intention of where you need to look basically is, is there and all these little tricks and stuff it was really cool man yeah like the uh the the things like these days in games is just huds and stuff are just overpowering the screen space now yeah, and yeah. like obviously tvs are getting bigger and bigger and they're getting cheaper and cheaper but still like there's a there's a a breaking point where too much <laughs> ui is too much and with our game New York or the world is very important to us. The story is very important, and they really want to emphasize that. Uh, and we want you to experience what's going on in the game, not focus on the things in the right or left corner of your screen. Yeah. Really listen to the people in the world, listen to the city, listen to you know everything that's going on, and then just really uh bring yourself into it i think um like the last game i played and i'm i'm like you i mean i have three kids and 
I don't <laughs> yeah, really play many, well, I have one many kid. video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're also out in Sweden too. I want people to know that as well. Yeah, hey, I'm so. over in um, Malmo, Sweden, which is right next door to uh, Denmark, actually. Okay. We, uh, like 15 minutes from Copenhagen. So uh, if me and the friends, like every now and then, we get the urge to go to KFC, so we just go. <laughs> We go to Copenhagen for KFC. <laughs> <laughs> nice, uh, man. Sweden it's, it's has pretty beautiful out there, huh? Uh, and... Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, like, Sweden is it's a gorgeous place. I really enjoy it. The family life here is, it's uh, well, it's crazy. I mean, just healthcare and benefits for families, like uh, school systems and stuff like that, is just really crazy how different it is from the USA type life. It's yeah, a, I've heard it. I've, yeah, I've heard the quality of life out there is really great, um, just because of how the infrastructure is and everything, the way it's all kind of put together. I suppose you know, it's just yeah, like just... you can actually rely a lot on public transportation over here now. What? Um, you, yeah, you can. <laughs> you can see where your taxes go. Literally, I mean, it is a is it's a fairly high tax place. It's like thirty like percent. Oh, um, I mean, like you, you pay like a thirty-five percent or something like that. I don't know, but it's dude. I pay it's, that it's, shit in America. I don't. I don't yeah, see yeah, exactly. Shit. <laughs> you don't. You don't see any of it. You, well, you know I mean, I guess, but I see a ton of stuff that I would like to have improved in, over here. So. <laughs> so we get we get the uh, they they're not they don't hide anything. So like uh, like in front of my uh, place, I live in front. Um, I live in the newer hipster type area, which is like. <laughs> Uh, it used to be an industrial area, so now it's all like modern. Oh, they're like refixing it up. Yeah, and so um, there's a building in front of my house. It's called the Turning Torso, mm. and it's like the tallest building, and it's like one of the only skyscrapers in Sweden. And it's, it's a twisted building. You should uh, Google it. It's a really cool building, and it's uh, it just draws a lot of attraction, like of people over here and stuff. So like the schools and everything around it are really well done so like they spent like four million dollars on a kids park wow um, just for kids to go out and play it has a solarium and like a um a skate park next door and it's it's just public things like the skate park is lit for nighttime it's it's like a public thing they're not like kicking kids out they're like hey go play here don't go do you know that thing um, yeah. yeah exactly go, That's fucking go to the killer. park yeah and then um the take me just... take me <laughs> i'm moving over that's it yeah, I mean, i'm starting a, an uproar people are gonna come to sweden and you, <laughs> you just really see that in your taxes like you see where it goes like to the buses they're they're here the schools you know the in sweden kids get like dental until they're 21 for free oh man <laughs> so it's like yeah it's just like what what it's and then like my utility bills here yeah, like in Sweden, also like uh, utility bills and stuff mm. are um, like nothing because Sweden is a solar and a wind. Um, basically, they're they're overproducing power here, oh, and man. so they the the utility bills are really not that bad. Uh, yeah, this you want you, you want to know the main thing that really keeps me here? Mm. The internet. Oh really? Yeah, uh, yeah. Sweden and the farms and stuff has had fiber optic internet since the '80s. What? So, like <laughs> my internet speed is 100, 100 right now. So, and that's the one of the slower ones. What? <laughs> yeah. My internet's yeah, like one megabyte for hour or some shit, dude. Yeah, it's it's, it's ridiculous, <laughs> man. Like they. Dude, what the and shit? Then 
the thing is the swedes they always like complain about it over here and i'm like <laughs> well, of what? course what? you know I'm, I'm complaining here i'm living in... somewhere else right yeah <laughs> you know like like here i am complaining and there's way worse countries but you know and, and i'm not complaining about america not necessarily there's a couple things but i mean that sounds amazing i oh, recently man, I... was able to go out to berlin and in berlin there was some really amazing things about berlin that i was just like super um stoked to be to see you know like oh yeah there's a life achievement type stuff like you oh, did that cool. you know like we went to um when we we first got here we didn't do anything the first summer like we didn't go on vacation or anything mm. the uh, the second summer uh which was last year we were like you know what we're gonna go somewhere and in sweden this is another thing most people are gonna kick themselves for but you get a month off paid. oh yeah that's awesome so <laughs> So we took advantage of that and uh, we rented a car and did the American style road trip, but through Europe. And so we drove from Sweden through Denmark to Germany to uh, Amsterdam to Paris to Prague and Fuck. around. And, so and the thing cool. is, it was like driving from Minnesota to Texas. That's like that's that's the distance. Yeah, that's... Europe is very small. Yeah, I didn't realize how small it was. Because in, in the states is actually pretty big, and yeah, it's really big. Yeah, when I was in Germany, I was like, "Shit, like, it's really small here." <laughs> I love, I loved Berlin too. Like oh, going Berlin's to beautiful. touch the wall and stuff, like touch the old pieces of the wall that they had, and then going to like uh, the um, the memorials and stuff. I did get a chance to do that. I was working out there, so I was like kind of in between work and and uh, obligations and wanting to do other things, but. Yeah, it was one. Of, those are some of the things I really wanted to um, check out, but I didn't get a chance to, unfortunately. I hear they're definitely, really amazing. It's which definitely it's, recommend going back for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. I uh, definitely really want to go back. I, I've actually heard, and it's really cool and interesting too, psychologically how they embrace um, those like scars, I guess you know, from the past, and it's inter it's just really interesting. It's just oh, yeah, a trip Europe from America in general, too. Like is. Uh, is is very like yeah how they how they handle those those scars and you know the battles and stuff and, and stuff like that it's just really it's really interesting to take on you know history and from a different point of view for what we've we were told in american history or uh, world global history and stuff like that is just what they've seen on the other side of the pond you know and listening to some of their stories like some of my english friends don't have you know this many like from this point on don't have an, uh, a male figure because of this war or something you know like had they had lost that generation or something you know and it's, it's just really nuts. crazy yeah like it's something that uh makes you just stop and go whoa that's that's crazy yeah definitely there was one thing i really noted that was interesting at least for me because i'm american and it's like you know patriotic it's like yeah fucking america like <laughs> and in in germany it was like there was like there wasn't this like uh like fuck yeah we're germans you know like no like, oh, no no there i yeah. mean i have a couple of german friends that are pretty pretty german they, they love their german and uh <laughs> but uh yeah i mean like no there it's not a, like a patriotic thing you know like off your chest out walk around i mean europe in general is very easy going and yeah, like i've noticed really bad that uh the american thing doesn't go too well sometimes over here in europe oh yeah so you, you yeah. got to kind of downplay that card yeah because, which is fine you know, it's there's those other people out there that you know kind of make us look 
bad or they come and visit and then they just rip up the city and then go back home or yeah or the bad bad apples out there yeah the it's kind of like that in hawaii too all the tourists and stuff they kind of just come through there and then it's like they don't have a i mean i'm i can't speak for everybody but not a lot of people have like a, a respect for the sovereignty out in hawaii and stuff so it's yeah my kinda... wife uh is actually hawaiian she's hawaiian and chinese oh really yeah that's crazy uh, she comes from, from hawaii Oahu. oh she's yeah, from Oahu? Oahu. oh cool i used yeah. to live there that's cool man you ever get a chance to go and uh and visit like her family no not uh not in a while not since we've been kind of like moving around uh we've we've been together for like 12 years now but uh never really had a chance to kind of go back and just visit family and and stuff like that so i'm kind of worried because her brothers are probably built like the rock and you know i don't want to get beat up (laughs) (laughs) oh she's related to the to that dude no 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 but i mean like uh her brothers all work out and stuff so okay (laughs) i just envision the rock oh (laughs) her brothers and it's just like yep they're gonna beat me up for taking their little sister or something. <laughs> no, nah, as long as you're, you know, good, that's all they can ask. So <laughs> that's exactly. cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, working out's pretty big out there. It's, it's, you know, being physical and actually being a human out is what Hawaii's about. I think it's about like enjoying. Very spiritual thing. And then like, yeah. uh, I love tattoos and stuff. And like, she was like telling me about how like they don't just get tattoos for just getting a tattoo. It has to have like symbolism and all that stuff and i thought that was really cool oh um, like the hawaiians yeah 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 Yeah, it's kind of like the like the new zealand kind of culture where it's like you know like a, you say it's based off of like culture and, and like heritage and stuff like that it's not just like i'm gonna get a cowbell yeah yeah no, it's <laughs> I love barbed wire no, no, it's, it's a lot deeper than the barbed wire <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i mean although i mean i've been there for a long time and i've seen some jackass tattoos so it's not it's, it's not everybody it's not it's not that's not it's as not a, all that no it's not all yeah it's <laughs> not everybody is away from that but no it's it's really cool man that's and that's interesting that she ended up with you and that she's out there with you out in the middle of like europe basically. yeah definitely uh definitely uh well the um my story with my wife is really interesting like so uh I met her online playing video games. Uh, yeah, so like, uh, <laughs> so like we were, um, I, I was like before, uh, before I got into games and stuff like that. Uh, I guess I can get in. I go, I'll get into like a little history thing about me or so, because not a lot of people know my story ish. Only sure, like sure. my closer friends do really. But this is your uh, Oprah pretty, moment. Let's get. It's my op- my Oprah moment. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah so <moment. laughs> when I was uh, when I was little, um, I grew up in Texas, and uh, it was Houston area, and it was the rodeo was a big deal growing up, and uh, my mom was an artist, um, like a crafts artist. Uh, she she traditionally was like a pencil, prismacolor, charcoal type artist, mm. but um, her job was a baker. Like she did uh, wedding cake decorations and stuff like that. So she found a medium that she could do art and get paid you know in a way and for me as her kid she was always like you know you should do art too you know you should do art too and so she just kind of like put the, the the tools in front of me That's cool. and uh, i became a um like uh i would enter the rodeo contest like the art contest and mm-hmm. do pointillism or charcoal <laughs> or pastel like uh indian style paintings like um 
a barbed wire fence with the cattle skull. <laughs> it's the popular the shit out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that kind of stuff. And I would win like blue ribbons and stuff. Um, and then as I got older, uh, I just kind of lost interest in that, that whole art thing. I became a jock and played sports and did that thing. And I just kind of left the art alone. Mm. Well, one year, like my junior-ish year, I think, uh, we moved to a new area and one of the guys, I didn't have any really friends, but uh, one of the guys that I kind of latched onto was uh, this more uh, geek kind of guy. And his <laughs> dad was the original programmer for Lotus Notes. And uh, I noticed like right away, like they're living nice, you know, like uh, he's got a nice car, a nice house. And I was like, man, I'm not going to go pro with my sports like this. This isn't going to work out. I need to figure out long-term plans, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I got to find a career. And uh, I wanted to get into computers a lot more. So um, the school where I went to in high school was, like, one of the first schools in, like, the States that had the whole go-to-high-school, go-to-college plan thing. You know, like, you would go to your regular high school, but the, like, last quarters of your day would be college. And so I was Cisco and Adobe certified before I graduated high school. Okay, cool. And so you... yeah, so like, what year I is this? Able... Where are we at here? Oh, we're and it's forever ago. I I can't even imagine. I'm gonna date I... you right now. Yeah. <laughs> You're all fuck. Yeah. I was like, whoa, numbers. <laughs> I I wanted to do art, not calculations. Yeah. No, like it was <laughs> it was a while ago, and um. Basically, uh, I found out like uh, in my Adobe class, uh, it was more or less like photo retouching and website stuff. Um, I ended up like not doing really well in school about that time because I just was in love with uh, the Mac Pro and Adobe. <laughs> so I ended up like going through a tough time and dropping out of high school. Oh wow! Okay. And just doing. Uh, web design and doing you know uh, art and stuff like that through those type of mediums and working with uh, really big known photographers and editing photos for those guys and stuff and working on um, plates fixing plates and stuff like that and then eventually uh, just moving around with my mom and dad uh, I became a butcher because my dad was in the meat industry and so I got out of the computer side of things for a little while and got into cutting meat for a living <laughs> uh, so it was like a one one you know it's like a other, flip huh? exactly and so like now i now at this stage uh when i'm like 18 19 uh, i'm a butcher and <laughs> it's like a it's a one of those career type moves where it's like look you know the website thing kind of was a good thing for a while but then it slowly started to die out I need something that's more, you know, secure. And this is this has been through my my family's been a grocery family forever. Like they've been in it for like 16, 17 years. So this was like something that I could least relate to and say, hey, you know, it worked for them. They were able to raise a family. Why not? It's it's something I can do. And uh, being a meat cutter, generally it's like union based, so you're making like thirty dollars an hour. So it wasn't bad money. It was just. It wasn't like a glorious job, you know, yeah. at the time. I had, just, a, I had no. a couple of friends that when I was in like playing music and bands and stuff and they they worked at like grocery stores and stuff and they were like, for me at the time, they were making a killing because I was like, dude, it's crazy. You have like, you can pay your bills and stuff. A lot of <laughs> miss, like a lot of people think, you know, grocery store, there's like, oh, 
No, yeah, like unions and all that stuff. You, you can make a lot of money like in certain areas of the grocery store. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> in certain aisles. Got, got to be in like go to work and then come home and play video games like in the parents' basement type thing. <laughs> <laughs> this typical stereotype game. Grandma's boy. Yeah, pretty much. Like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of my well, Grandma's boy. Uh, later on in my game career, I actually got to meet and uh, hang out with the guy from Terminal Reality that actually made that Grandma's Boy character game and stuff like that for oh, nice. the movie, which was like totally turn, uh, you know, from uh, not like, oh, I watched that movie and now I'm talking to the guy who made the characters in the movie. That's even crazier. People can do that. Yeah, that's <laughs> fun when you, yeah. when you connect those things and you go, oh, it's just a human. Oh, okay. It's like, oh, I thought that was magic. Yeah, I'm a human too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's this really weird thing that happens uh, mentally with that stuff. But sorry, you're saying you're. No, no, you're fine. Uh, uh, the um, so the meat cutting thing, you know, and the gaming thing is fine. I was making bank. I didn't have any bills because I'm still preloading. <laughs> and uh, I got to playing uh, some Ghost Recon, some Tom Clancy Ghost Recon at the time. Mm. And uh, I, you know, this is before like headsets for xbox and stuff came out this was like xbox one ish where it was like uh, no real no one's really talking over the internet we're using like fake xbox live like the uh, you the back in the day you had to like plug your xbox into the service and like make it to think that you're on a, a local land but you really you're over the internet and you could you know you can do like the four player coop except with somebody in a different state Okay. And this is predating like Xbox Live. Okay. And so I did that, and I, I found this like player that I really like to play with, and I always assume that I'm playing with a guy, right? And I'm <laughs> just like, this is a dude on the other end. His name was like Super Griffin. And I'm like, this is yeah, this is a dude. So we're we're playing a shooter game too. Yeah. So I'm like obviously stereotyping the crap out of <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> so I go home, work, go to work, go home, play. And that was like my pattern, like for a year and a half or whatnot. And then um, this, we were able to like text chat, and so it's like, yeah, hey, this new game's coming out. It's like an RPG. Uh, it's gonna be on the new version of the Xbox and stuff. So we get headsets and stuff. Do you want to get that? You know, and we can play that instead of this. Like Ghost Recon at the time was kind of getting old, and we're like, yeah, let's do that. Let's, I'll, I'll buy it. We can play it. We'll start tomorrow. Whatever. And uh, the headset came on. It was a girl. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, whoa, this is this is crazy. Like, this is a female, and I had my total geek guy moment going on. Like, okay, that's uh, I'm in love. Yeah, <laughs> whoa, you kind of sound kind of good. Uh, let me follow you into that dungeon. <laughs> and so uh, we, you know, we talk and become friends. Uh, she, you know. She tells me about her dating life and stuff like that. I tell her about how crappy work was, and this goes on for like two years. Um, and eventually, you know, I we've we've been friends now for like three or four years, and I'm like, hey, I'm not a creeper. Obviously, we've been friends for a while. We we've told each other a lot of you know personal stuff. We should meet up one day. You know, it doesn't matter where you are. I'll save up or I'll fly out, and you know, we'll hang out. We'll do lunch in a public place. Obviously, just you know just to be safe for you or whatever <laughs> you're all extra <laughs> precaution yeah exactly and she's like oh, oh yeah yeah um i live in minnesota and at this time i was living in minnesota 
Oh, I'm yeah. like, what? You're in Minnesota right now? What? Whoa. Uh, where in Minnesota? And she's like, oh, I'm in Apple Valley. And I was like, at the time, Apple Valley was like 15 minutes from me. Oh, geez. So like the last four years we've been playing together, we've been 15 minutes away from each other. <laughs> I was like, whoa, wow. whoa. Okay, this, this is, this is getting weird. Of all the places and, to be. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, and she told me she was Hawaiian and stuff like that. And I'm like, what are you doing in Minnesota? Like that's Minnesota. cold. The opposite. <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Fun fact: uh, Minnesota is where they make spam. Oh really? So, <laughs> yeah. So those of uh, you don't, those of exactly. you that are listening that don't know, spam's like the number one food source in Hawaii. <laughs> they yeah, like so, use it in cereal and everything. Spam <laughs> masubi and stuff. Yeah, you know, masubi is the they, bomb. They can they can get it in Minnesota because it comes from there. Yeah, there you go. It's, that makes um, sense actually they'd be making canned meat out in the coldest place so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. like, we can't survive these winters but we have this can of That's meat spam. yeah <laughs> so we can survive so it, now <laughs> it, was a, it was a cool thing so i was like hey we should meet up and go to uh like the mall of america or something you know oh, just yeah. meet up. and My so like, we're just talking about that it's huge right massive it's like mall of america has like one store like six times in that in that mall like six different floors six you know like it it can be the same like oh let's go to the you know foot locker well there's like six foot lockers so it's like it's which crazy. one are you going to i heard it like uh we read we we're reading the statistics because it's because it's like the biggest one or whatever um because i was in the i was in manila and there's a there's the mall of asia out there and i was just saying like how nuts it was my wife was like oh yeah check out the mall of america oh, and blah blah and and uh, yeah, that was fucking nuts. I think dude. it says it sees like uh, I think the Mall of America sees like over three hundred thousand or four hundred thousand people a day. Crazy, and it, yeah. it employs like twelve thousand people. Yeah, I can't imagine what the electric and heat bill must be. It's gotta be crazy, and it has a roller coaster like theme park in the middle. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> and so like it's it's like a full on like water ride, log ride. Uh, full-on like roller coaster systems and now they even built like uh, the hotel of america next door to it mm. and uh, it has like the giant water slide like the world's one of the world's largest water slides so like it's connected to the hotel and stuff <laughs> like you can go Perfect. to that hotel and then you can go to the mall of america next door and yeah. really just have a, a whole mall of hotel of america trip <laughs> I, th I think they made that because they didn't want people to kill themselves because what the cold, so cold. Yeah. and the <laughs> devastation of being inside does to the human mind. <laughs> like I, I've seen a lot of movies growing up as a kid, and I didn't realize that Jingle All the Way was yeah. Mall of America. Like the little toy, like when Arnold goes and chases down this toy, it's the Mall of America that him and the, the other actor are fighting over this toy for the, his son. Yeah, it was Sinbad. Yeah. yeah, Sinbad, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were, that, that's Mall Turbo. of America. Turbo Man. Yeah. That's Turbo Man. Yeah, that's I need Mall the Turbo America. Man doll. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if they're going to do a mall kind of thing with Arnold Schwarzenegger, they're going to do it at the biggest mall. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, but it, it, we met there um, the first time we both thought we stood each other up because we said the location that uh, was the same, obviously, six times in the mall. So <laughs> we both went to the opposite one, and then we got back home, and we're like, you, you didn't show up. No, you didn't show up. And I was like, all right, there's only one of these places. We're going to go to this one. There's only one. So if you don't show up, then I don't show up, then we ditched each other. And so we ended up showing up and meeting each other for the first time and just really hitting it off and started dating a little while after that. 
and then you know kids came along and stuff and Dang. before uh, marriage how dare you guys no, yeah we're kidding. horrible horrible people horrible. Dude, horrible moral fiber what the hell dude come on where's your minnesota yeah, yeah don't don't do that guys and then so like i I told her like my scenario and you know at the time meat cutting um it's really bad for your bones because you're in like this really cold temperature all the time mm. and my the people i was cutting meat with are like all old like 50 55 so like the work environment is just brutal it's like bad you know these guys have bad tempers they're all single old men they're just sour <laughs> and the, the bones are hurting because of you know, the cold and yeah. so i go home and i'm just like look this isn't working. I need to do something, you know. Um, so she's like, well, go back to school. Get your, you know, your GED or whatnot and start there first. And so she, she pushed me to go back and do that. Um, I took the test in, like, the same day and got, like, a, a 85 on it. Like, the complete GED test. Cool. And, like, and like on the math portion, I didn't even get to finish that part. And, like, the lady's like, I'll let you fill it in. And I just, like, did, like, one of those, like, Scantron type, like, yep, this one, no, yep, this one, yep, no, yep, like, really fast. Mm. And I ended up still getting, like, the whole overall test score was an 85, and I, like, didn't even finish half of the math part. <laughs> awesome. So I, did, I did some really good guesstimations. Awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, it was really, like, there you this, go. Is gonna, this is going to be a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, right? That's the part oh, of yeah, the you got to fill in the, take a... Take a, you know, throw the dice and see what happens. Don't don't leave them empty because that's like even worse that you can do. Oh yeah, you, yeah, just go for it. And you just had good odds that day. And like, so the after that, the wife was like, you know, there's a game school. Um, you can make video games. And I was like, what? You can do that? And uh, I went to this game school down the down the road from us. So it was like a proper bachelor degree college and stuff. And I learned how to do 3D Studio on Max and stuff like that. And um, at this point, I'm already more uh, active in the communities, like with uh, this competition called Dominance War and Comic-Con Challenge and the Unearthly Challenge. Uh, I'm I'm a, basically like the publicity guy, like um, like the Don King of the competition. <laughs> Don't call yourself Don King, dude. Just, <laughs> you know who that is, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm basically Don King, but... Not Don King without the hairdo. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, if I if I let my hair grow out, it's very Afro-ish, so it's <laughs> Don King. Um, but uh, no, so I did that, and I found out that the school uh, got to a certain point where it was no longer teaching me anything. Like the community was teaching me, like polycount and stuff like that. Was I was learning more from the professional friends that I had mm -hmm. than I was from. Uh, any teacher that I was going to go through. So I got to like my junior year of my bachelor's degree and uh, no, my senior year. Yeah, it was my senior year, like the start of the senior year. And they told me that I was going to pay like $40,000 or whatever to, to do portfolio work. Like, we're going to teach you how to make your portfolio. We're going to teach you how to make your website and we're going to teach you how to market yourself and all that. And I was like, $40,000? Nope. <laughs> I got out and um, started like trying to freelance and stuff like that and nice. uh, did that for a little while did more competition stuff and then took a job at, back in Texas um, at uh, a studio called Timegate it was like a sister studio of Gearbox like it was like um, they were working with Gearbox on Aliens 
Okay. Well, I've always loved aliens and a big, you know, Geiger and Mead fan. So. Yeah. Who isn't right? Yeah, and at this time, Geiger and Mead. Uh, Don't forget like... Mobius now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. on, how dare you? <laughs> Don't tell him that. I'm telling, dude. He's gonna wake from his grave and give you a yeah, slap. He's gonna chase us down. <laughs> not me, not me. I'm the one who. No, I'm <laughs> he's uh, he's, the, he's um, one of my favorites. So the project was like as a environment type role. So I was like, um, a, like the way I explain it to people that are not in games is more like an interior decorator meets an architect type role. Yeah, and uh, I was right. I was a set dresser almost like just setting things around. Uh, at this stage in the game's development, it was already pretty much made, so it was more or less come in and decorate. Um, so I didn't have to really do much 3D. It was more or less just decorating and stuff. Martha so, Stewart which was really time. Fun. Yeah, exactly. Build <laughs> that Put I don't some flowers have over stuff. here. Yeah, <laughs> some happy trees over there. Some blood over here. <laughs> yeah. Some, Oh, an alien hole. Yeah, you gotta have the alien hole. Yeah. So that they jump out and scare the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, where shall we put the alien hole today? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the alien hole. Where's that gonna go? <laughs> do you ever sit back? Um, I do it often, and you just go like, I'm getting paid to do this. This is ridiculous. Like, this, this is silly. Oh, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> I spent, like, uh, I don't know, like, a good like, couple hours one day, like, putting, like, doll heads, like from newt in like weird locations like i'm like somebody's gonna play this and they're gonna like find this and they're gonna think it's awesome <laughs> it's just like like just just in my own little world you know i should have probably been putting walls up or something but here i am like taking this doll head and cloning it around and like hiding it in dark corners like easter eggs <laughs> you know, like, this is this is like the the uh uh, like what I used to do for my kids and hiding the egg in the tree or something, you know, like, can you find the egg? Can you find the egg? <laughs> you find it. I'm People the do best. that though. That's pretty common, right? Yeah. Yeah. Easter eggs are a big deal in games now. Um, some of them, like, you know, you're not supposed to do Easter eggs in games. So it's like the legal teams, they just go crazy. Well, like it's getting more common now. Like, um, Polycount is a big community that we all, uh, video game artists go to. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the CG talk and the CG societies out there and stuff. But Polycount sure. is focused primarily mostly on game developers. Okay. Game artists, I guess you could say. We, we've been kind of branching out into more technical and, you know, other fields as well in inside of games, but it's mostly an art community. And so like games like Battlefield, uh, there's tons of easter eggs so like we have the symbol which is like a uh, it's called green tooth he's like just like this green smiley face guy with some jagged teeth mm -hmm. and um basically in certain games you'll find these little green tooths and like in the battlefield one you can go like to the edge of the map where like the game is like gonna kick you out like you're out of bounds you're out of bounds and you can turn and like look at the city and you can see like a giant green tooth on the side of this building. But you can only <laughs> see that if you are like way out or it's just like one way like developers can relax and do something fun. Like, I mean, it's obviously fun making games, but it's just one of those things where we can like show something like, oh, you can sneak your friend's name, you know, in this trash can. And then when you tell him that he plays the game, you can go, go to this part of the game, look down, pick up the can of beans, flip it over. And, like, <laughs> and then look at my face. <laughs> yeah. Or look at this yeah. goatee. 
the picture of the goatee. <laughs> no, the legal like team's like, up. not the goatee. <laughs> we did that on, uh, like, we did a really cool, it wasn't really so much an Easter egg, but it kind of developed into something, like, um, on Aliens, uh, Colonial Marines, we were able to, like, we had this good idea to put our names on the lockers of the Sulaco. So, like, uh, we were like, you know what? There's all these marine lockers. Somebody's got to have names. And we can't, <laughs> like, use the movie names. And they didn't really have a really long cast of marines yeah. that we could use from the canon. So we were like, you know, what? let's use our names. And so, like, we had, like, Private First, you know, Class, Ryan Hawkins, and stuff like that. And we had, like, an A section, a B section, <laughs> and, like, everybody in the game. Uh, and so, like they cut a lot of those sections out of the game eventually. And then like the H section le lived. So like in Aliens, I have a locker uh, in the game that has like my locker and you can go through it during the missions and stuff and see my locker there. And by doing that, we didn't realize this, but since it's a uh, franchise, we basically franchised ourselves <laughs> into the Aliens franchise. They're all, damn about... you. <laughs> You motherfuckers! <laughs> like, whoops! <laughs> kind of whoops, but kind of cool at the same time. Yeah, that's cool. And then you guys become part of history, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely part of history. Aliens, Colonial Marines. Uh, well, it's a lot of work to make a video game, and it's I can see like you know like just being silly like that to you know like keep yourself kind of like grounded and having fun still. You know, like it makes oh, yeah. sense. Because it, imagine, I mean, it's like, I mean, I don't know. I haven't built a video game. I just have friends that do it. And um, it's kind of similar to movies where it's just you, you spend years of your life on something. And, yeah, you uh, want to kind of leave your mark on it, you know, like somewhere. You got to piss on your branch for sure, you know, so, yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's probably like in like some of your UI stuff that you're doing, it's probably like little like trash text that's actually like, one of your Facebook posts or something. You know what? It's interesting <laughs> is I actually, I was thinking about that the other day and I, I've actually never put an Easter egg in any of the UI intentionally. I never ever really did it. Um, the only time I've ever, like your... I should have put boobs like... or something. You gotta do something. Like there's this guy that every project he works on, Jace. he's from film, he's yeah. sneak, he, but he's working in games now and every project he works on, he sneaks a penguin. Oh, he does? <laughs> yeah, like there's a penguin somewhere. It doesn't matter how it is. It could be micro. It could be like somewhere in there, but there's a penguin in that game. Or... I don't know why I don't do that. It's weird. I mean, my friend Jace puts his name and his dog's name and I think even his chick's name and stuff in there. And, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't need to pee on the branch or something. I, I will, though, for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah, put dude. Hawking in there next time. There you go. General yeah. Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Which like, actually is an interesting segue because how connected are you? Because I've, I've seen that you um, are involved or whatever, and I didn't get a chance to really read up on any information regarding it, so I apologize. But okay. you, you are involved with that game Hawking somehow? Yeah, so... Uh, Yo, that's well, my well, game, I baby. When I was on uh, Aliens, um, I was friends with the concept guys, Kung Lee and John Park and those guys. And, yeah, uh, they're cool dudes. And they they were kind of like, I was watching them up and coming. Mm -hmm. um, I saw like their initial like uh, launch trailer, um, which was, I found out like 
uh, almost already done by the time the world has seen what Hawking was, kind of. They've done <laughs> yeah. a lot on their own, like just six guys or so. Yeah. And um, I've always been like one of those guys with like the competitions that I run and like now the book stuff. It's always been like giving back to people. Like uh, with the competitions, people have gotten visas um, to go work in the U.S. based on the competition. With the book stuff, it's getting publicity to artists. And, you know, I had this dream that making artists more like celebrities too at one point. Like, if an NBA star can do it, why can't we make an artist in movies or an artist in games be as almost as known, you know, into society or something, you know, giving us some credit as well. Sure. Um, why do you think that time... is? I have a couple reasons why, but why do you think that is? Because I've worked with athletes and I work with like people like, you know, like big companies think... that do Nike shit and all that kind of stuff. Like, I just don't think that's that, that's that character. I don't, I don't think, think so either. I think that's what we're into. That doesn't get us. You know, if our friends like it, then that's good enough for us. Like, or the family likes it, then that's all we need. Like, we don't need the super exposure. I don't think. Yeah, I agree. I think it's that's definitely it. I think it's more or less. I think also it's a very romantic thing. Like, it's an internal romantic thing where it's like you're in love with what you're doing. You know, and it's very yeah. Personable. I think if you get too big, you lose the scope of what you did it for. Yeah, you know? the whole core going back to why you do things the way you do and if you get like oh i'm a millionaire now you're not going to want to do those things anymore you want to travel now or something you sure know? sure yeah your your things change but it's it's exactly. a different thing i think when you do art honestly it's very much like you're exposing your soul or in sorts to the world you know and that's what makes it interesting i think you know that's why but i think me, that there's that's why i think there's the term starving artist is still very prevalent and like a lot of people don't understand the business very well or um practice the business properly and stuff so oh yeah it's a, the business model changes so fast too um yeah. now it's all about speed and iterations and stuff like that it's getting faster and like things need to be more you know automated and it's just really crazy how that that industry is changing so it makes the artist lose the artist some because he has to automate his work now just to keep up with the other artists and just, that's one thing uh, that's really interesting as well i must say is like you know if you look at yeah, you can do a hundred different designs and only one of them is the best one and why, why spend time doing a hundred when you just do one amazing one yeah like just give it a good give it a good think you know like brainstorm what happened to the whole like brainstorming process that yeah, we, were taught when we were kids it's a fucking They're all shame. a couple bubbles <laughs> yeah that's still <laughs> in the bubbles yeah. and find out where they cross yeah, I don't really, I don't subscribe to this new like just force feed like it's qual quantity over quality. I don't really subscribe to that. You know, I don't really uh, agree like in with games. It. We have a huge problem with that. Is like our concept teams, uh, like um, they'll just you know like some you know you always see these game art books, right? These concept art books, and like to be honest, like it's probably a back to back concept art like in this thing, but yeah. that's not showing you the ten thousand pieces that got thrown away or didn't make the cut or like yeah. concept artists in the game industry get just beat up because <laughs> they are making beautiful things that nobody will ever see because it didn't get approved or it got thrown away so they can't show it in their portfolio they can't show it anywhere and that's thousands of concepts man like it just yeah hundreds of thousands yeah and it's just bad decision making bad you know like people that don't really know what they're looking for and they try to like go hey just give me 10 versions and i'll find one out of those 10 
Yeah, like, I really hate that. It's a weird video game thing. Yeah, it's like instead of like, hey, here's a real definitive direction that I have, try and aim for this, and and then if you have time and energy and you have your own ideas, please, like, I'd love to see them. You yeah, know? wing some of that in there. Don't yeah. Don't give me like ten versions and then me not like any of those and then we start over from ground one it just takes a little more investment from the person that wants this thing done to invest a little time on their own saying hey these are some reference that i found let's hint on this mood a little more and take these pants a little further and then take this a little further or you know whereas they're not they're not giving the concept artists enough information and it's really sad because the concept artist doesn't read their mind they're not psychic we're not you know we don't know what you want so it's like uh it's like okay well i'm just gonna go off in this direction and hope that it's for the best yeah unfortunately yeah and i've been in all different roles and so i know like all every side kind of just from ex experience and and yeah it can be incredibly frustrating and daunting if you don't know but then i've also been in the director role where i'm like oh shit, i don't know what that is like or what i want that to be and then i have to really mm -hmm have to really sit back and think about it so i can go like okay yeah like it needs to be like this so you're not wasting your time but it's really challenging to to be very definitive and then you know that in the director's role like you know that if you say it and you you lock in with it then that your words your bond you know and you got to be cautious of like not yeah and like especially like you know uh, there's a lot of directors out there that uh, <laughs> they don't want that to be seen you know they don't want and it's not a weakness, I wouldn't say. Like, it's just, no. you know, playing your card. I think your team will respect you even more. And as a director that knows his faults and says, look, yeah. I know I don't know this the best. Like, for me, when I was the lead artist on The Division, um, I'm no longer, so the crowd, the people listening, I'm no longer the lead artist on The Division, so we... I took that, that role. That's my role. Now. <laughs> that's, no. that's 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 Ashnaw. Just joking. <laughs> uh, the uh, the the reason why I left the division was just um, I needed. I had two jobs. I had a day job and a night job, and uh, I chose the night job so I could, you know, work with more studios than just Ubisoft uh, on art and you know just creating things inside movies or inside games. I didn't want to lock myself to one home. Yeah. Which is a smart move, I think, you know, because then you allow yourself all kinds of expanding things. But to elaborate more on what you're saying, like, I have a really good case study. And since you are a fan as well, we talk about, like, the original Alien. I bring it up a lot, but it's a prime example of, like, a director who knows what he wants. And if you know, like, Ridley Sky, he's actually a really good draftsman as well. He's, he draws really well. <laughs> And he employs really great draftsmen or people that are better than him. But he, I think, like storyboarded out a ton of, ton of not the whole film, and um, and, and and Otomo did that for Akira, and Oshi uh, did it for uh, Ghost in the Shell, and and I think I th I'm pretty sure he did for Ghost in the Shell, and also like uh, Pat Labor too as well. And the thing is, I think when a director goes through the story himself and is incapable of, of bringing those images to his hand and then to paper to trans translate to um, the team I think through that translation there's an investment and that's oh, definitely that's really when you have a director that says shit I know what I want rather than what's happens with a lot of films nowadays and it's I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything but when it comes to like creating other worlds you really need to be very precise about the other world or you're gonna just yeah, yeah. spin your wheels and then your movie or whatever projects gonna be kind of like a a big moldy lump of just 
random it's shit. Just, you're going to leave, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're going to have, like, the person, like, watches the film. They're going to be like, I really like that idea, but it just, now it's starting to look like jello everywhere. Like, everything's, yeah. you know, like, it, they started off strong and then they ran out of ideas, and now it's, okay, it's back to starting off strong, and it's, oh, wait a second, they're out of ideas again here in this area. Yeah. And it just finds, like, this, like, very binary part of development where it's, like, it's either hot or it's cold. Like, it's, it's, uh, you want to get those nice and, clean transitions and like you said the the art directors and stuff like to be they need to be really really invested and willing to put a lot more time into their projects as well as far as giving the concept teams or the art teams their 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 direction and a more like understanding versus like blue sky you know like oh well okay what else in the sky like yeah alien ship what, i think what it's we talk just of? conviction really it's conviction really it breaks down to that really i think um you know if you have strong level of conviction and, and following through and, and you really love what you do you know like and and, that, and, and although like i think because i study these films and, and i study these projects because i think it's important to study success and or just i think it's good so maybe i don't really care what other people think i think it's it's a great film aliens one of the masterpieces of its genre but i think if you if you really study like you know all the things like i have you realize that really had to fight for everything pretty much you had to constantly win everybody's heart over for these things that nobody had seen before and through those validations and through fighting for the every bit he was able to also like remind himself that he was making the right choices and and then build off from there and build from there and i think that when i see these things that when somebody hasn't really had a defined battle within themselves and and fought for their ideas and are mm -hmm. they 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 did fight for them and then the the beast just won you know which is pretty and, common and designed by community lot, yeah. well because like in video games too especially it's like the video games are so there's such a long process and and takes a films. lot of money to make video games Tons and like the cash and in, at the end of the day the the business needs to know where their return is coming and generally they can't just let the artists go away and you know come back with a product they're kind of like hey and, and that's where like the publishers come in and stuff and they're just kind of like you know checking things and their the investment starts to look you know sour or something and they try to you know go hey let's get this put a love interest in there yeah exactly and that's kind of <laughs> where it like where it can turn so yeah um, it's, i'm it's... sure art directors out there probably beat me up because uh, i said that they don't fight enough for their tool but that's not the case i mean like art directors always i mean for the most part try to fight and generally like you said the beast ends up winning yeah but, uh, well it just depends and it's like you know i'm not pointing out to anybody or thinking anything i'm not trying to say that or nothing but i I'm just <laughs> i think we're just having an honest talk about the situation of creating in general yeah, when, yeah, you, definitely. when it comes no, to no, multi-million dollar projects and it's totally i mean if I, if you said hey ash just kind of blindly give me a million bucks or a huge portion of your funds yeah. I'd, I'd be like go fuck yourself it's, you know yeah it's a lot of so, money like so it's totally understandable so from both sides they, yeah exactly it's it's a business and uh, as much as we want to just be artists and make art we are getting paid to do this for a living and so we have to kind of think of like the business element every now and then as well 
definitely think it's key. You know, it's it's just yeah. as important. You know, that's why it's important to understand it and and understand everybody's point of view and perspective. You know, it's weird being in the industry and then like I always like to get perspective myself, and then it's just been weird. I, it's like never stops. I'm constantly getting perspective. Like, oh, that company does that, or they run off this, or this is what they do here, and this one does totally different from that, but they do this and they have the success because of this. But yeah, for the yeah, most part, the... I just try to follow the success because that's usually the key. You want to stay. I mean, like especially with families and stuff, you want to stay, uh, stay always afloat with, you know, your your financial career and your personal career, and you always want to look, you know, uh, where you're going and how that, you know, your how you're tracking on your what do you want to do with your life type plans and where do you see yourself growing as an artist or you know what are you planning to do to make yourself a better artist or whatnot like going back on like uh just being uh, more um real with your team is like i i wasn't a great tech artist i mean i would sit there and like try to talk to tech you know like try to act like i knew what i was saying uh, they're like um, shut up guy and, and generally they're like shut up and i was like yeah yeah i know i'm not the <laughs> i'm not the greatest tech art guy here okay but i'm trying to spark something from this conversation versus just letting it be nothing so at least i'm trying sure sure to, to do it and so like it, it, it turned into like now they know that or, or he's trying to see something let's 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 entertain this uh uh, he's been up front and you know obviously he's not the greatest tech artist but he's he's reaching for something here and i think if we all put our heads together we'll find something that we can make work and i think that's just sometimes all it needs is a little like you know be honest and then also try to push something further even though you may not be comfortable in that area totally or expertise well yeah it's just part of the equation but i think a good leader is is humbled by that and, and is ready to hear advice and, and take it and you know like i've also like one of my favorites who i study is stanley kubrick because he's well documented and he's had a lot of really interesting success and a lot of really big failures too but what's really cool is like uh he, he, from what i've heard especially like studying the shiny like people would give advice and he would take it sometimes he would claim it as his own like a jackass but mm. but but sometimes not and and, and um, i think that's really key to it because you surround yourself with people better than you right like, i mean the the best team oh, is yeah, people definitely. that like my their weaknesses with their strengths you know my art team on the division i mean i they uh i Killer, you know, huh? i they were good they're stellar and uh not all of them are like heavy hitters from the game industry. A lot of them are like never worked in games before and just really, really fresh and eager to do something new and really have drive. And I mean, it was like every day I go to work and work with the art team, it was like just, wow, these guys are awesome. I mean, I was their lead, but obviously they could all probably, you know, put me under the table when it came to creating art. That wasn't like why I was their lead. I don't think that's a good practice is like putting your best guy as your lead, I think putting one of the guys who can make other people grow as artists or grow as like make the team perform and still be happy uh, and still, you know, somebody who's willing to go to fight for your team, you know, like uh, as a constant battle, you know, like in games where like you're, you're faced with things that the team doesn't need to know and you have to be that shield. I think it, it takes a good person to go up to bat for the things that your team needs you to bat for yeah versus definitely. just not uh doing that and just being a good artist i think <laughs> draw the line and what you choose to do and there's a lot of different styles to leading and stuff but my style was i'm not the best artist but i'm gonna carry the torch and i'll do my best to fight 
support that team and I'll do my best to make sure they're happy and they have the tools they need and I'll do my best to uh, make sure I'm pushing them artistically that's know, to be killer. all they can yeah that's a, that's the way to do it you know like and I think you're hitting it on the head I think sometimes if you think that you're it's kind of a disillusion where you think that you have to be like the best at everything I don't to lead I think and that's not necessarily what I was meaning necessarily but I think it I think oh it, no I didn't uh, read it anyway like that I just no no I don't, just, yeah oh. I don't think I don't think so either I just can't remember if I had mentioned <laughs> it's made it sound like that but no that's absolutely right man I think in that's a good way to approach it. I think as an artist and working with people and directors and stuff, like if I feel like that director is, is backing behind, like he, if that, I feel like he's got my intentions well put, I feel like, you know, like my opinion matters. It, it makes me want to work harder, you know? Oh, totally. And like to, to segue back into like uh, the Hawken thing, um, yeah. those guys, I really respected what their drive was. And, uh, yeah. Um, I really supported what they were doing, and the fact that they were only like six guys trying to compete with like big business and make this dream a reality. I offered like, uh, can I work with the, you know, I'll texture for you guys, or I'll, uh, I'll do anything I do. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll help you. I'll, you know, if you need to hire people, I'll hire people for you. You know, I have a lot of connect connections in the game industry. I have a ton of freelance artists that I'll throw at you and I'm be, they'll be happy to work with you guys and so I did that for a while while I was on Aliens I just kind of remotely for free just recruited some uh, artists to work with the Hawking guys mm -hmm. um, some of the heavy hitters from the game industry when it comes to like hard surface and um, some of the some of the, like the guys that are on like CG Hub every now and then and just for the art community it's a some big names and they they were willing to Get down on Hawking because it's that jam, man. It's just sexy. It's Geiger. I mean, it's not Geiger, but it's a Beckenheimer. It's just really crazy style. And Kong Lee and John Park and those guys really are passionate about that style. And they're gonna really like. I think uh, I did a mech for the guys, and I, you know, the mech wasn't the greatest, but I thought it was good enough for their style. Yeah. And I think I did it like eight times because like. The, each time I did it, it wasn't like it didn't get rejected because it was a bad uh, mech or anything. It just got rejected because you know it just it wasn't at that style. Like they wanted like this one element it, to be different or yeah, it's they were very really they, yeah, and they were really specific on that. And I think that was what made me respect it even more is because they're not just taking anything to get it into the game. They're handcrafting each piece before it comes in. Yeah. They're like you can feel it is, the love. Um, when you look at the visuals and stuff. So yeah, so I did some max and recruiting for those guys. And then once that was kind of over, I just kind of did like a short stint with them on that and then uh, promoted them and, you know, continued to help them when they needed recruits or looking for artists or something. Awesome. Uh, finished Aliens and then went to Sweden. I got recruited to work on... Uh, so the name is not connected to you then? It is not connected What's to up me. With your life and ironies, jeez, man, <laughs> shitballs. <laughs> yeah, and this is where it comes full circle. So after Hawking and the Aliens, uh, this was like the same year. Mm -hmm. I went to Sweden to work for Ubisoft on a Clancy game, which I met my wife on a Clancy game. Yeah, I know, right? So now I'm working on a Clancy game, and at the time when I met my wife, game like, being in game so industry romantic. was never. <laughs> It's like a story for Kotaku. It's... <laughs> Seriously, dude. Come on, man. <laughs> but the uh, 
the reality was like back in the day, I wasn't thinking about making video games. I didn't yeah. even know you could do this. And now the fact that I was, I was going to Sweden with her and the kids, and we were gonna work on a Clancy game, was just like, whoa, this is this really happening? And like you said, the irony thing is just like one after another, and <laughs> it's just whoa. It, like, and even when I tell people like the story and stuff like that, that's really romantic. And then the other guys are like. This guy is like full of shit. Like, <laughs> like there's yeah, so no way. Like, he's, he's just force yeah, gumping like, his way through life here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like you know, like I saw that uh, on Facebook and stuff. You're into cars and stuff. And uh, hell yeah, dude. I, I used to race autocross on the weekends. Oh, nice. Uh, so like, I'm a big car guy. Because Don't tell of my me dad. you had a Miata. Don't tell me that. Oh no, Miatas. Uh, <laughs> I was my first car was like a Ford Probe that I decked out. <laughs> and then, Ford uh, Probe. And I went up to like the the Preludes and the Civics. Yeah, the H twenty two motors. Yeah, yeah, I had a, a Civic hatchback with an H twenty two. Yeah, and the Prelude then, engine. Yeah. Yep. Which and which then, year Civic was it? It was a ninety eight. So that's the E K. E yeah yeah, yeah and it's, those are cool and bodies. I, Is it a hatch? Had the, yeah, it was a hatch. Yeah, those are the and best. And then I had a CRX. Oh, sick. I love those. Ah, oh, that's 18, a good year. It's a good year. Yeah, 89 CRX with like a B18. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a, that, is it like, a, did you do the Frankenstein swap kind of thing? Oh, uh, we that? didn't do all motor. We did, uh, oh, no, no, we didn't do, no, that was more all motor back in the day, the Frankenstein stuff. So mm. we did the uh, boosted. Oh, turbo. We gave it like, yeah, we gave it some like 15 to 20 pounds of boost. Jeez. So it was like a weekend warrior project. Like yeah. it, uh, it was more one of those things where like, around our area it wasn't that big of a call them the rice burner tuner area yeah it was more like muscle cars so it was our go out and beat the dude in his corvette car oh yeah easily and yeah. so it, it was power to weight ratio sleeper. is ridiculous yeah. yeah it was it was horrible sleeper like it was rusted it had hardly any interior anytime we were pulled over like it was like is this car stolen because <laughs> like half the dash is missing yeah like, <laughs> I was it was it was it was good times back then. And, and the thing is, I grew up working on like muscle cars, and then um, I transitioned my muscle car knowledge into um, the the rice burner, as people would call them. But nobody ever called my cars rice burners because they didn't sound like the other cars. My cars always had upgraded cams, and they sounded like pissed off hornets. Yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, I've always had like a. Uh, with the we did an all motor uh, prelude once and we had the open throttle bodies oh perfect so yeah. it, it looked like a little muscle car but it was a honda and so, so like i was able to... individual throttle body like a yeah, yeah. oh wow yeah. that tu so, the tuning like, must have been interesting on that then it was uh, like a 12000 rev machine jeez was, that's crazy a, that's like a, a street bike it was a beast yeah. and uh, and it was in the uh, integra an older Integra. It had a, you know, um, a D9 KDM front end. Yeah. No, yeah. DC12. DC12. Okay, cool. Old school then. Old school. Yeah, and so, like, uh, it, you know, we had it all JDM'd out. And, uh, <laughs> of course. The open hood. Uh, <laughs> the hood was all done. And then um, there was this place in town called Porky's, and it was uh, all yeah, muscle cars. Yeah. And my, my import group that I rolled with, uh, mm -hmm. we were all, like, tuner guys but from you know different backgrounds we would go work on muscle cars too so they were like they let us in like our cars were part of like that muscle car group like we we had made it to like that level of respect where they're like okay this car's cranking you know <laughs> 10s 
Yeah, you, you've earned our respect. That's not a rice burner. Yeah, it's impressive. <laughs> yeah, for those who are, who are listening or probably that don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's like there usually like there's there's two kinds of car cultures i guess it gets divided into old generation lovers and newer generation lovers but at the end of it it's all about like people that enjoy a good build or, or a cool car that does certain things and and what he's talking about is is uh 10 seconds like a quarter mile is that what it is yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah based on a quarter mile like how fast you go and in 10 seconds is really uh it's breaking the 10 second barrier it costs a lot of money and it takes a lot of effort and you got to know yeah, what you're doing like doing it on these little hondas that you know like um, nowadays 10 seconds you buy a gtr or something and you can you can break a 10 seconds with a little boosting tuning and stuff like that yeah but to do well, that GTR commands, and it's, it's not a normal to do that car. in a honda <laughs> no no definitely not a no they don't call it godzilla for nothing yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but like to do all this in a honda that costs you less than ten thousand, you know yeah from the build up like you could buy a, a salvaged frame or a wrecked frame and put a whole new front clip on it from japan and you know really go crazy on the engine because the engines are coming overseas because uh in japan they have a law against how long Salvage. the motors oh yeah the motors yeah 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 so they can only go up to like uh 40 no, so there's like 50 to sixty thousand miles on the engine yeah like emissions laws or something yeah and so they, they they basically cut the cars in half and they sell the front clips to people overseas or anybody who wants the engine and so we're me, buying me, all me, these me. <laughs> exactly buying all these motors and just ripping them apart and for nothing so we were able to build like these, these corvette killers uh like the corvette was you know like a z06 one time i was at a stoplight and the z06 pulled up and it was like uh this guy this rich old guy with this like little hot blonde girl with him and Perfect in scenario. My, Perfect. Yeah, exactly. And I'm in the CRX at this time, and so uh, it's a beater. It's just so B18. ugly. Yeah, the B18 with the I think we were pushing 20, and we had a hundred shot. Mm, okay. Also, <laughs> so um, we were like just chilling, you know. And I'm not in that type of mode because I, I think I was pulled over like a little while that day already for uh. just being an import at the same time. Like uh, I got <laughs> so so many pullovers because of just that. Yeah, uh, I let my mom drive my car once because I got pulled over so much that she was hating on me. Oh, okay. And I was, you drive it then, so I switched cars with her for a day, and she got pulled over like twice that day. <laughs> you need to sell this. Yeah, you gotta this. get rid of this. This is a stupid <laughs> hobby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so like that day, uh, the me and my buddy are in. Um, at the time, I normally I don't have a passenger seat because of the autocross, and I'm just trying to get rid of weight and stuff. And this time. I had bolted in the Recaro because uh, we were going to do some like uh, track day time or something. Like we were just going to go to like the straight track mm. and do some times. And uh, no, that day was Dino Day, I think. And we were just driving down the road or something. And we were just more or less going somewhere. And we had actually put the seat in so he could come with. And normally there's no passenger in this car. And um, I'm just, you know, I'm down and out because I got pulled over again. And then I, I get no to the fat stop yeah, no fat checks I'm going for it. <laughs> I can't handle that body weight. I just got rid of it and like, you know, dead sound deadening pad. <laughs> yeah, I've done all that too, man. So yeah, sorry you're saying. <laughs> uh, totally, I, I geek out on on cars, but yeah, it's um, fun. yeah. So like, this guy pulls up and he's just total like douchebag, and he's just like, man, yeah, I'm a. You see this car over next to me, baby? I'm gonna tear it up and he's like that typical no way really and he's just like 
and he just like tears off and i'm like oh it's a z06 that's a pretty nasty car it's nice it sounds good boy i wish i could afford one and like my buddy's like really you gonna let that dude do that to you really like come on man and i was like i ain't i got pulled over today do you, are you driving this no I, I i'm pretty sure i'm paying that 500 ticket and <laughs> so i'm just cruising and we get to like the next light and he's there again i'm just like oh and my buddy <laughs> dude fucking give it to him like just do it and I was like, he'll he'll never do this again, I promise, if you just do it to him. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing anything, man. There's cops everywhere out here. And then he just gives me, like, some smug look that just, like, tore me, like, the wrong way. And, uh, and that's when it, like, triggered. I was like, all right, this dude's getting it. But I'm not going to do it, like, from the start. Like, I, I let him go, and, like, his chick and him are, like, you know, the light turns green, he takes off, and you could just see, like, she's having a good time. She's, like, in the, the hero car. Yeah. And... He's like, yeah, this chick's into me in my car. And then all of a sudden, like, I give him, like, a little head start launch. And then I just drop the hammer. And, like, we just float past him. And he's still, like, shifting gears. And we're just walking. <laughs> and then, like, we get to the next light. And we just get a thumb up and a nod. And, like, he takes a right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Just, At least you got like, a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, totally. He wasn't, like, a total doucher, but... It was just one of those moments, like, yelp. <laughs> it's 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 it sounds so gay and homo, like when we talk about this stuff. It literally does. Anybody that's not a car person is like, "Are you kidding me right now? This is the stupidest yeah, exactly. conversation I've like, ever heard." Yeah, they're like, Wait, "Why am I tuning into this?" <laughs> yeah, what is this? Is this like machismo moment with uh, two dudes that like Honda Civics? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, but if you're but... in the moment of it, it's it's fun. It's it's silly, and as long as you're not hurting anybody, it's fun, you know. Like, and and I used to do a lot of this similar stuff, and just it was fun for me. The problem was that people. Would steal cars like crazy over here and that was really yeah, i always had like uh like my cars were always like being looked at like we go park at mcdonald's or something like my vin numbers would be getting ran and people are looking for my address to come get the car yeah dude super had, like, lame uh, on my prelude i had like a 92 prelude with the normally they have a two-piece front headlight like on each side mm -hmm. and i have like a one-piece jdm light that was like black yeah and, like uh basically yeah. they got stolen like three times like people <laughs> Um, pop the hood, break the latch, and then take the headlight assembly. Yeah, and it was just like so it, much drama. And like, I finally got it. out that. Like, I got into like my wife uh, eventually when I met her and stuff. I got rid of like at that time I had the prelude, and she's like, "You're getting a family car." <laughs> I like how she comes in, just takes over the scene. The scene. Yeah, exactly, and it's like there's no <laughs> more like preludes or anything like that. Uh, I got a Volvo. <laughs> Dude, how uh, how small did you feel at that moment? I was dominated. I mean, I get dominated all the time. You know, we can always like sit around and go, yeah, yeah, I'm the man of the house. But yeah, in reality, I think like, so. I come home, it's like, what, what the wife say, Ryan? I was yeah. like, yeah, she said no. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay though, you know. It... Yeah, you know, eventually people understand that that's how it's going to be, and the people who say it's not, then they haven't had a wife yet. So. <laughs> yeah they'll just they'll eat at your will until you're just nothing no no it's great yeah, though it's it's cool it works <laughs> i mean i've had so many cars i've had like 20 different cars the last car i had that was really crazy was a an evo 9 and they had cams and everything that thing was ridiculous and then uh now we have a ford escape suv <laughs> it's a yeah. ford too and it's where, a, where we go from our car hobbies is just crazy like i keep looking at cars now like one uh, of my like don't do it this is the Maserati, like the uh, the one that sounds like a muscle car. And I'm just Pachaporte? like Porte, that one. It, no, uh, yeah, I think it's the uh, Gran Turismo. Okay, uh, 
it's a mixed. newer one then yeah 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 beautiful cars a, yeah definitely beautiful like in my um that's the one problem like i didn't think i would find in sweden is like there's a lot of fancy cars oh <laughs> like uh in our building that we're in there's two um maseratis and uh, a lot of money out there there's a lot of money out here and definitely not from us but there's a lot of money out here <laughs> good to look at like i had a uh on Facebook, I have a gallery. It's called my Work in Progress Garage. Oh. <laughs> I take pictures of the cars from the neighborhood. And, like, in one day, I took a picture of, like, three different Ferraris. Oh, perfect. Fuckers. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't know if I could ever, like, especially, I think, we come in from similar car backgrounds. I don't know, like, if I would ever even want want a car that, like, fancy. Because I would That's just, like, oh, yeah. no, a bird shit on it. My day yeah. is ruined. <laughs> uh, like, uh, I, one of the cars I'd really love to own is, is even a replica of an old GT40. Just because it's one of the most beautiful cars I think ever made. Yeah, yeah. And it's just amazing, you know, like. I see myself, like, scratching the front end on, like, a low curb or something. That's okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, like, show cars, though, you know? Like, I don't know. I'm Like, I vowed never to have another black car. Uh, it just because it's just the worst situation ever because my, my i'm really big into detailing <laughs> what's that never, my vow is never to get another white car oh white huh that's interesting it's just it's always like uh especially if you tune it you always have the black soot on the back bumper oh yeah <laughs> well my evo was white and yeah i would always it, i would have to like uh crazy like clay bar the rear because <laughs> it'd <laughs> yeah. be blowing so much shit out the back it would like throw flames out if i'd shift really hard this is nice. awesome <laughs> yeah it would that's tear up pretty much everything when you're doing good like when we were on the uh the ruining CRX, the world we, yeah we drive through like uh the street and we'd park it in the the backyard mm. the front you could just smell the like if we'd boost or we used the like a little squeeze yeah we you would use a little it. NOS every now and then. You can just <laughs> smell like this fruity, like uh, where it's doing the art, like where it's just gotten so rich. Yeah, it's a smell Almost, to it. Yeah, it just smells. Oh, this this smells really good. It's just like part of the high for me. It's just that, <laughs> that juice. Yeah, yeah. We are car guys. That's for sure. We should talk <laughs> with you. Do you know? Are you familiar with Aaron Beck? Do you know who he is? No, I've seen like his stuff, the Weta guy, like uh, the concept artist. Uh, yeah, I've seen some of his stuff all around, and I talked to him once or twice, but nothing like really informal or anything like that. So he's a huge car guy. Have you seen his Barracuda that he's building? Oh. Yeah, it's really a fucking awesome build that he's doing. He's got a lot of really cool stuff going on with that, and he's like, a, it's rare to find a, a car guy that's into into art as well as much as we are. So we there's actually quite a like huge. Like, I mean, there's, it's not, I mean, yeah, it's kind of hard, but uh, there's actually like a huge, you know, James Pyack and like uh, some other guys, they're all into car, like James, uh, he does autocross in his M3 and stuff like that. So there's a lot of, a lot of guys out there that, you know, secretly are into this thing. They just don't have a, like, we need to start up guys that do art car forum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, my, I'm, and whenever I get some free time, I'm going to start doing some drawings with uh, Aaron it's just going to be like the cars we don't own or can't own but what the, we would, we'd want them to look like kind of you know so just like yeah. building our own <laughs> I used to do like illustrator renders of like uh, like cars like graphics and stuff on the car like, yeah, <laughs> this is my car but this is what it, it could look like yeah this is what <laughs> possible right that's the dream yeah. with it. that's the thing with cars I think that's what it is for me at least it's like you get this amazing thing created by like a massive team of amazing people and then you just shape it and mold it to your own liking you know and 
and your own style and your own sensation and stuff that's really when it makes it fun you know but yeah that's that's cool man so that's cool that you're in into cars and that and and um you did you did you go into that as well like when you were at ubisoft did you were you able to kind of expand upon like your love for cars within so like you know going back with like um this is one thing that getting at like you know i saw your post about getting older yeah yeah and like i've had my own like relevant revelations recently like these last couple years Mm -hmm. um and like one of those was like you know growing up uh i hated the the jobs that i had you know one of them was like i was a telemarketer for mci uh the butcher thing being a weekend mechanic with my dad you know like i hated losing the weekends but you know my dad's like one of those we're not taking this to the shop we're fixing this now and yeah. your mom needs this to drive to work tomorrow and i was like man i could be going to the movie you know what i'm not doing this and it's like, <laughs> I hate that shit yeah and now i look back on like the jobs that i've had and the things that i've done like i've all i've taken something from those so like of course by, by skill, I'm a hard surface modeler. Like, um, I'm a texture artist, but my true thing is I'm a hard surface guy. Like, I, I can model anything mechanical, and I put function into a lot of my environments and a lot of my models that I do. Or, um, I recently got into concepting and stuff too, like photo bashing. Yeah. And that stuff always has to try to have some function into it. And so that's where like the car thing comes into play into work. It's like all like by changing like timing belts and changing you know cams and all these pistons out and stuff and knowing how that each part works with the other part yeah I've it's mechanical brain with me. yeah and i've taken that with me to games now as well as like hey you need to put a faucet to that sink you know like you need to you need to make a system here this should work with this or like oh we're gonna make like on aliens we're gonna make a apc like a custom apc and stuff and i'm like no 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 it needs to have this here because that's that's just somebody that's going to be a car guy or somebody that's an industrial designer or somebody's going to look at that and go no like you know <laughs> what is that part there for like you need to have some reasons of like like engineering wise why that's there every now and then and having like that old background of like i built cars from the frame up and like i can import i can do some of that into like it doesn't have to be a car it could be it's a what gun, you think it be... yeah it's yeah, how you exactly. perceive it's objects and, and the way your mind uses them it's a whole different exactly. way of thinking yeah just taking those jobs that you you once thought you uh hated and just finding something that you learned from them like with the mci thing it was like a con artist place you know like they went under for scamming people for long distance but the one thing i got out of mci was is just i was trained to talk to people for like a couple of years like just to carry on a conversation with anybody and that's a skill that i use with me now is just being able to talk to people and before right I was, now I exactly this moment exactly this moment thank <laughs> you mci dude this is amazing <laughs> podcast thank you mci brought to you by mci <laughs> and it's just like segued into things like you know my hobby back then was the the car stuff it kept me out of trouble and now my hobby that it keeps me out of trouble is doing the book stuff and yeah um just you know got pissed off that one day at barnes and nobles and just you know went home and <sighs> got my friends together and we started a a thing that was originally supposed to just be a magazine like i think uh, most people expected it just to be a magazine yeah and like 20 pages and then i you know i talked to like so many people i was like hey you want to do an article hey you want to do an article and they're like yeah dude this could be awesome yeah and then 
nobody did any articles for a long time. And so I'm like, <laughs> all right, this is, it was a great idea. We tried. And then one day I had like 10 articles come through and then another 10. And then I was like, oh God. So now this theme grew into 300 pages. Yeah, there you go. And I'm like, all right, well, I can't afford to really like not do it now. And I'm not a book person or uh, anything. Like I'm not a designer in that sense. Like my UI, like UI design, like anybody that has a design background like you or uh, anybody, like I've seen you and um, Anthony Jones and those guys doing those like new design tests and stuff. <laughs> anybody who has those, those skills, would they just cringe when they look at like vertex or they look at anything that i yeah. do because well you get an idea very, out though so yeah it's very like not very design friendly but it's enough to get it by you know like it's enough to like the attempt was there the content is what they're after not so much the backgrounds and stuff like that yeah it works i think it works enough to get there and if you keep going at it and if you really want to learn it's it it's gonna get better yeah and i think yeah. um you know we're on vertex 2 now and they're always going to be free things and i think with vertex 1 i did it all in photoshop the first time mm. and then i taught myself illustrator i mean yeah. not illustrator but i in taught design? myself in design yeah, yeah that's next... how you do editorial yeah that's where you go and so then i did the in design on the second one and nice. it's like it was little things that changed but it was just like everything on the grid everything you know like there's still some things that are off the grid here and there, and there's still some quirks that are problematic, but now it's using you know, somewhat the same font all over, and it's <laughs> there you not go. like 50 fonts, and that's one of like my big problems is I just use too many fonts. I get too, <laughs> too artistic that way, and that's never good. Yeah, and... when you're trying to do information, and then you're 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 wanting to be artistic, they're, they're, the two clash, and one of them wins. And yeah, exactly. But if not, if both of them are winning at the same time, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> and it, yeah, and it just drives people crazy when I show them things. They're like, "Man, how many fonts are here? How many times do we have to tell you like two fonts, one font? That's good, okay? You don't need to like because <laughs> it's in bold, it needs to have a different well, font." It's definitely but... possible to have multiples, <laughs> but you know, like um, to do it clean and you know, yeah, like... yeah. It's just a matter of how you do it, but you know, it's your intention. You know, like uh, it's 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 where your intention is really you know like uh, i can send you some stuff if you're ever interested uh, totally like i'm always looking to grow like um in anything i do like i'm a, a 3d modeler and like i said i want to try to get into the film side of things and learn a little more about how they work and i've been watching like no, you the... don't no. <laughs> <laughs> and then like i taught myself i've been you know with the photoshop stuff the bashing things like I'm just kind of like learning by error and uh, looking at people's work that I, you know, I look up to and seeing, you know, what tricks I can look visually from them. Sure. And just listening to like podcasts or um, watching videos on the second monitor and while I work, just trying to absorb anything that I can from like, I'm, I consider myself like a locust artist because I just absorb and absorb anything I can and try to find a way that I can use it. Yeah, you're a bit obsessive. It's cool. <laughs> I think most artists do have the same thing, you know? Um, it's just kind of comes with the territory, and that's cool. Yeah, the, the magazine thing that you're doing, I think it's really rad. I think it's amazing. And, and one thing it's interesting, too, um, for, like, you know, if I was, like, uh, I don't read the ma other magazines, but I don't know, like, what is it, like, like digital arts or something like that, or something like that it would be like oh like shit this guy's doing it for free fuck you know like yeah motherfucker. like a, it grew into like uh 
I'm a stickler, so I'm gonna beat you up on the magazine. Like, <laughs> if I don't say it's not a magazine now to you, and I tell you it's a book, then all the people that I uh, yell at during meets, or they're like, yo, dude, that magazine's really cool, then they're gonna give me shit because I've always gave them shit about, it's a book. Okay. How many magazines do you know that are 300 pages? There's a lot, actually. Yeah, like Vogue. Computer arts and Vogue and all that stuff. I mean, there's <laughs> a, a communicative arts is actually like 400 pages. So Jesus. boom, sucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine making that shit. Yeah, fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, like, for me, it it may be, it very may be, like, my, when I, my, my vision for it was it was supposed to be a magazine slash book. Like, it's supposed to read like a book and visualize like a magazine. Mm -hmm. And, like, that was my whole theory behind it. So, if people call it a magazine, I've, I've gotten past it now where it's like, it's what you want it is. Like, it's, it's, if it's getting spread, people were reading it that's all that i care i don't care if they call it a book or a magazine yeah i'll, I'll, I'll be a stickler and be like ah oh, it's, it's a book uh, gosh <laughs> they said magazine again <laughs> but like eventually i'm just gonna say download the magazine yeah we're gonna be there <laughs> <laughs> no i got gotcha. you it's, it's it's cool like and the it's like we're on the second one now and it's just now getting some exposure like the first one uh we had thirty thousand downloads it's awesome. And the second one, which is really crazy, we released the second one and we had more downloads for the first one than we did for the second one. Again, because like people, new people, we had like an 80% new user uh, rate mm-hmm. and they would come and download the first one, check it out, and then download the second one. So like most people hadn't even, they, were, they didn't even know what Vertex was and people who are listening don't know what it is it's it's a free ebook um, from artists around the world basically giving tips and tricks uh, it's a more advanced level but if you're a student or you're somebody that's trying to break in or you're i've even had people that are programmers come at me and say like look i'm a programmer i'll probably never do art but it gives me an understanding reading your book that i know what they're thinking about sometimes more now yeah and uh, it gives them a different perspective that's versus, good like I want to make this work for this reason. Now it's like that whole programmer artist battle is kind of getting more mitigated now <laughs> because they understand how the artist is thinking now. Yeah. So, bridging the gap. Cool. That's yes. cool. Yeah, bridging the gap and kind of helping out and stuff. So what's your what's your position? Like why why do it for free and and, and, and is there like a motive behind it? Do you have other like uh, ideas in mind? I mean, it or? was a it was always an ulterior motive uh it's like i said it started off uh, in a fit of rage so yeah, the first <laughs> ulterior motive was like i'm gonna do this shit for free just to stick the finger in the air to everybody else out there and like you know just like you know what this is free because it can be you know like and then it just turned into something like you know what that's that's not the way that it should be thought about uh it kind of already starts off with a bad vibe so we need to give it good energy and stuff so i was like all right that's not the reason why it's free it's it's more or less free because it kind of really needs to be um even though if we put a price tag on this and tons of people say they'll throw money at it and yada yada it it really won't do that well and and at the same time i have a full-time job uh most of the artists that are contributing have full-time jobs and they're not doing it for monetary gain. They're contributing because they want exposure. They want, uh, you know, some of them are from outside the U S and it is a published article. It is a published uh, thing. 
it's just digitally published. And so like you can still get a visa application process with this being published in this. It's just oh, I have cool. to show like analytics um, to like the U.S. government and stuff saying, look, this book is downloaded by this many people and there's only this many people in our industry. So this is, you know, being validity to it. Exactly. And so like I've had like two or three people from the first book get jobs in the U.S. based on just their articles and, and some of their, you know, obviously their artistic skill and stuff like that. But it, it helps. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Changing lives, dude. I've, you know, it's changing my life. A lot of people also are like, dude, it's free. What are you getting out of it? And it's like I'd be lying to people if I said, look, it is free. I get nothing from this. And it's not. I'm here talking to you. I meet cool people from exactly. the book. And it's exposure for me as well. That's like my name is only on the front cover is because I've been burned in the past. I didn't do it for like a, a pompous reason. I did it because like I've done things in the past. I've done competitions and stuff. And I was like one of the, you know, steering people from those. And nobody knew that I was the guy in the back end. And so it's kind of like me saying, all right, look, I'm gonna if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it with me on the cover on the like the little it's a little part, but it's something that at least makes my mark. Sure. People will always just remember Vertex and what's in it, but I need to kind of also establish that there is one guy in the background doing this and it still needs to be kind of like a thing that people can kind of get through and give it some kind of thought through that. Sure, sure. I mean, I guess it's kind of I mean, what, the reason I'm asking because I do the collective; it's free as well, and you know, it takes time, it takes resources, and energy, and and all that stuff. And 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 a big part of it is mostly because I just like giving. It's just pretty much it. And, I, and I, I'm I'm guessing that's probably the same intention from you. Totally. As well. It's like uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for um, like going uh, growing as an artist. I would bug people like art directors, leads, and everybody like in yes. the industry, like. One of my uh, good friends now is Sparth, and I wouldn't be friends with Sparth if I didn't harass him on like MSN. <laughs> cool. You know, and, like, now we're on a different relationship where I'm not harassing him. We actually can talk about art and stuff, and uh, it's just like people who have who I've harassed in the past over MSN or Skype or anything, we've changed over the course of the years into more of a, a respect on one another's artistic skill, or we've grown, you know, and. I wouldn't be where I'm at if they weren't willing to help me grow. And so, like, one way I can give back, or the other artists who contribute to these books can give back, is by doing this in our in our free time. And uh, obviously, my wife and them support me, and like uh, the people who help contribute to the articles, the people who share it. You don't have to like be in the book to help spread the word. Sure. And it's it's just people wanting more of this and like showing that there is a need for this type of medium out there like there's a need for your medium like the podcast stuff which i think is really awesome it's it's stuff that i like listening to uh, while i work in the background like just one of those like white noises that while i'm working just kind of goes through and gets me through the day yeah Whereas, it's like, like you're working in the same room as these people you know exactly and it, it's always awesome like you can never like you know i listen to ted talks a lot yeah and, they're great um, it may not be something that I'm interested in at all. It's just more or less listening to really smart people and what they have to say about a certain topic. 
and just getting some of them are smart <laughs> yeah yeah true <laughs> but no but there's some duds <laughs> yeah there's some duds but that but for the general yeah they're they're really good on their quality control and they actually have some really amazing things i love ted talks it's really cool it's definitely and i think that's actually it's totally it you know and it's exposure and it's also like getting your name out there but it's doing it in like a it's like a win-win situation that's how i look at it you know it's like I get to have awesome talks and like just shoot the shit with people, um, especially because I just work from home. So it's like allows me to be a little bit social. And then also just um, the love that it just gets. I get so much love from it. All the people that listen, it's just so cool. And, and, and oh, yeah. it helps people and whatever, you know, it's just, it's, it's like killer. A, it's a good adrenaline rush too. like um, like we do uh, GDC every year. Um, it's a game developer convention in San Francisco. Uh, they basically all the developers from around the world would go to um, San Francisco at the Moscone for a week and we do tech talks we do you know job searches and stuff like that and it's always there at different times of the year but it's once a year you have this week where all developers from around the world can either pay and go to San Francisco and see each other and you know I go there and people are like dude when's the book coming out it's so cool that you're doing this and you just get like this like uh crowd high you know like it's just wow thank you i didn't think you know because here i am like every day like just stressing away about this book and i'm like man people are gonna hate this this is gonna suck like man <laughs> i get so much shit based on the design of this thing is it even a good idea it started off as a good idea and then you find out later that people actually do really like it and they do like respect you for doing it and that it's like wow man like that really hits you know home that's like dude thanks like that's really awesome that you guys dig what i'm doing and it's just really you know takes it back for you know it makes you step back and look at all right look when can i start the next one like, yeah dude. i think yeah i think if it was uh there was no like monetary concern or we can just kind of like live off of existence and doing what we do in this world this is what we'd honestly do you know and so totally. when, you're, when you're honestly just saying hey like I really love this guy's work. Check this out. This is a cool technique or this thing right here. This guy's got a really amazing story that will inspire you. And you're just honestly doing it and you're just sharing it. I think it's uh, the intention is felt through the, the final thing, you know, and people that are tuning into it, whether they know it or not, that's what they're probably tuning into. They're like, oh, okay, like this guy is just being candid and honest or he really likes this thing or he's a fan of this and that and so am I. And, you know, like we have this huge... I don't know how it is in film, but like we have this huge like NDA problem uh, inside of the game industry, where it's like everything is hugely locked behind NDAs. Yeah. And not everything has to be NBA NDA. Yeah. Like we have this problem with like, everything. oh, he he does this technique. Well, now that's under NDA because the technique was applied to this game or whatever. And it's like, dude, that should never be the like the industry is not ever gonna grow if we don't start sharing information better. And that's part of the books was like, look. It's my way of making sure the game industry or the film industry, whoever, where we're at, grows uh, from the artist up. You know, like if we can share the information, then our next generation of artists or uh, the current generation of artists are going to learn and we're going to adapt and we're only going to make better games. So we're only going to make better movies and we're only going to make better art because we're, we're adapting to the newer, you know, skill sets and stuff and the newer tools yeah and and it's, it's just something that i felt like look we're all under nda there's got to be something that we can still talk about and share among 
the studios. No, there isn't, dude. Once you sign the NDA, <laughs> you gotta give them your baby. And yeah. all your life. You can have my baby. No, I'm <laughs> dude, it's yeah, the NDA thing, man. Like, uh, I've had lots of battles with a lot of that shit, and I actually just kind of recently i'm so i'm not signing that dude like i'm not doing this job you know like it, i really have to love the job or i need it but mm -hmm. at the point now it's like i just want to do my own thing i'm tired of signing my life away or making other people look good you know it's like you can only do that for so long until you're like shit should i just do this myself <laughs> yeah and like with my um you know like how do i have like a lot of people one of the questions i get is like how do you have time to do this like when i was i was the lead at uh ubisoft during the day and then uh, leading uh, over 150 people and just really pushing you know that during the day like full time and then um, at night I would eat dinner with the kids and the wife and you know socialize for a little bit and then I'd come to my like little man cave which is a closet uh, and do you know the Quixel thing which is the software company that I'm working for right now basically uh, I'm the brand director for it so all I do is um, I look at where we're at, like as the brand, and I try to reinvent the brand and re-image the brand and the, the way the tools look and how they how they uh, go across to the studio relations and stuff like that throughout the game industry. Mm -hmm. And so I'm I'm fighting that because it's it's a it's a new breed. Like when I was hired, it was like completely like, okay, now you're here. Let's your job is to you know, help us get you know grow this this company, right? And so my job was to like basically lift up all the stones and start, you know, turning them and, you know, changing how the company operates, how we do things and how tools look and all that. So that's a real big full time job at night. Yeah. So and then there's like hardly any time during the day for or day or night for book. So I was having to like squeeze in that extra like, you know, um, till five o'clock in the morning, you know. <laughs> hours like I, I do the work work and then I do the book work like an extra two hours a day yeah. um, throughout that so I would go into work at like eight and I didn't go to sleep until five on like a daily basis <laughs> that's and... me today what the hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah how do you manage all this stuff like what's a, some techniques that you do? do you write lists or are you big on that or um no I'm not really like I'm not a big list guy I, I mean I like for you. me <laughs> I mean it helps I mean like uh, I know like uh, the post-it method works. Um, having a whiteboard next to you, close to you, is sure. always a good thing. Um, or your iPhone or whatever your yeah, phone. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think iPhone uh, just setting calendar reminders inside, yeah. like Outlook, to just keep you in check is always a good thing. Like, even though it's like stupid things, like um, I was helping a friend once. Uh, they were working on some freelance stuff, and basically they were like, dude what's some good, you know, project management software or something. I want to start, you know, project managing myself. Yeah. Uh, more professional and stuff. And I was like, dude, just get Outlook and start setting calendar invites and calendar reminders and stuff like that. And that'll be a first step, a like not a free step because you have to have office and all that, but it's a good first step. Sure. To being a better manager of your time or what you're working on, you know, Hey, spend 10 minutes, 10, you know, two hours on this reminder that you've spent your two hour allotment shift do something else on that and um and just when i had the kids to be honest like they changed how i do sleep so oh yeah of course <laughs> and, like it just natural like uh, yeah. the kids i don't sleep a lot and that's some people say it's horrible that i don't sleep a lot and it's bad for my health and stuff but for well, me how many, how many hours do you get averagely 
like, like four. three or four, maybe. Yeah, you should get a little bit more, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, know, I tell I you that I'm, and I'm just as guilty, so I can't really give you advice, but. <laughs> no, yeah. man, it's just now like, but that was back in the time where I was doing the two the two jobs and the book. But now I only have the one job, so that's How's my day job now. You? Your wife like, dude, come on, dude. She, there's been some spouts about oh, sure. the about this and now it's uh now that i only have the one job like the day job mm. and i can do the book at night without going to five o'clock in the morning there it's, you go. it's a lot different now so it's i'm able to be even though i'm still in the wind down phase it's only been a couple months now or like a month now that I, since i've been off ubisoft mm. um it's it's still like a wind down stage so my body's still like hey stay up you can work on the book or you can do this and yeah it's like it's still kind of like detuning the the last three years of not getting more than three or four hours of sleep <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude it's uh it, it will stick with you if you allow it you know and it's it's it could be possibly like your adrenaline spikes and stuff like that um some people have different ways of like their body reacts to certain things or stimulus and stuff like that so you might be having like a spike of adrenaline at a certain time of night or something where, where you feel like you know i need to go in the office and work and shit you know and no, i definitely do have like so I have uh, <laughs> yeah definitely i have like a from like midnight forward to like midnight to like three yeah it's like my it's like my my like you said adrenaline spike range like, like that's my like good spot if i'm gonna get anything productive done like really really good then that's gonna be burned through those hours yeah everybody's everybody's asleep and and uh you know you can just kind of get what you need done and yeah i know that same feeling there's actually um there's a moment when i create too it's like a it's like a high i get a high off the Mm -hmm. sleep deprivation and like all the ideas in the world itself just kind of makes sense all my ideas kind of come together and just like ah like a blissful like 30 minutes yeah yeah yeah. it's almost like a hippie moment we're just like ah i see it all now (laughs) you like broke the sound barrier and you're just like right there you're like yep this is the spot this is this is the one like area do you get that yeah i get that same like area like uh it's just like i just i'm in the zone you know like i just can't be bothered nothing the music like even the music like the whole time i like up until that point the music's been kind of meh it's the same playlist, but then all of a sudden the music starts to hit the right songs, and like you're in the zone with the, uh, you know. Sometimes I really get this recently when I'm starting to do like the photo bash projects, and I'm just like, you know, just dreading this work, dreading this, dreading this. Music sucks. I'm about to just call it quits, and then all of a sudden like spike, creative juices, and the music starts to start. You know, maybe the music's never changed. Maybe it's just the adrenaline's making me think that it changed. But I'm digging the music more now. I'm digging the concept more now, and now it's. I can't stop until yeah. the juices, till the till I get the gas gauge hitting E, and then it's like <laughs> done. And that's generally when you like the kids are time to go to school. And it's like, oh, well, I guess I have to stop now. I got to take the kids to school. <laughs> so it's it's are you, like are you trying to be really present in your kids' lives as well? Oh, totally, yeah. yeah. Like that's uh, one thing that before that I found was a problem. So now uh, I'm getting to be a lot more present than in their childhood and i think that's really a big deal that you have to be like a good parent and you know because they're going to grow up to be mimics of you eventually and what they learn in their early years you need to really be smart with like word choices and what you show them because i have two daughters and uh how like you know the whole how you treat mom type of thing they look at that and they feel like that's how 
Yeah, like all those his mom. Or yeah, his exactly. Yeah. And yeah. like that's all like psychological stuff, and you know, there's tons of like uh, mommy daddy things out there that are like, yeah, this is this is true. I've had this problem or whatever. But it's just you know being being a better parent and not being mean to your kids and you know, just talking things out calmly. And Sweden really like. They have like a strict laws against like spanking and stuff here and like you really can see like a heated parent not get heated like they like the kid throwing the tantrum in the grocery store in the u.s the kid's gonna fucking destroy that aisle and the mom and dad are just gonna get furious and just yank that kid by the arm and yank take him to the car and just leave the cart here in sweden that kid gets crazy and like the parent just gets down on one knee and will just like coach him out of it and like the kid eventually gives up yeah. and the parent just walks out and i'm just like whoa through logic or way something? i don't know what they're doing like it's in Jedi swedish so obviously i don't understand them they yeah. maybe threaten them in swedish you know? <laughs> i just haven't heard you know, all, dude your head i'm cutting it off just yeah it's like dude it's like off. look hey you know what you know that that lego yeah i'm, I'm gonna burn it yeah i'm not gonna get it anymore Oh shit! Not my Lego. No, Dad. No, Dad. No. <laughs> I will listen. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and then they just like, like you said, Jedi mind trick. The kid like just snaps out of it and like walks home. And like, it's just like, whoa! What did that really just happen? Like, yeah, that's cool. It's way different. And like, just I don't know. It's just cleaner lifestyle here over here and stuff. So it's making me really think. Like with the whole trip to through Europe and stuff uh, when we did the vacation. Yeah. I was like man need to do that more need to do more trips with the family and see the kids even though they don't understand it yet because mm. uh it's eight seven and uh three they still don't get it yeah, but, yeah. Uh, my oldest like... or my daughter's eight so yeah yeah your oldest is eight then it's a good age though it definitely is a good age and you know he's uh my oldest is a boy and he's into like the engineering stage of his life where he's like crafting his own war machines out of like 50 different lego kits <laughs> and like you know he's just in a very imaginative state that's good and so it's definitely really cool yeah. to see like how, like he because my kids are actually different than me they're, they're they're still artistic in a way but they're they do things way different than i would you know yeah. but i still try to instill my values in them a little like uh the only cartoons they really watch is like the studio ghibli stuff and oh, then cool. uh I grew up watching like uh, I, I bootlegged uh, Ducktales and Rescue Rangers and like <laughs> all these like te the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. and Dino Riders. I bootlegged all these series and I was like, these are cartoons you need to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, have you watched like Regular Show or Adventure Time? Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, I, I they, love Adventure like, Time. Yeah, I mean, like Adventure Time's awesome, but like I don't know if my kids catching on to it yet. But like how like the the adult humors subtle in there <laughs> oh yeah there's tons of adult it, humor in there. it's like sometimes it's just like whoa did that really happen yeah yeah <laughs> they let uh, they let a lot of it slide it's pretty interesting actually all things considered it's a yeah it's an awesome show though yeah i love that show i'm working on my lumpy space princess because every time i pick up my daughter or something i go ha ma uh, did you have chili cheese fries with Brad? <laughs> and do like voices and she like giggles and stuff. Uh, yeah. This is fun. But it's just cool to have something like a modern day cartoon to like talk and have fun and like to bond over, you know, because I'm just a dork totally. myself. Like, it's, 
it's definitely like what it, it, it comes down to is like obviously I'm not gonna bond with uh, my kids with over Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah. that's definitely not. We're not gonna be bonding on that. I can't stand Magic Mike, and you know, like I just can't <laughs> can't do these. So it's like, all right, so what are we gonna bond over? And like Family Guy is a little brutal. I can't it's really too sit much. there, Way too and I much. can't watch American Dad with them. So it's no. like, all right, what? Are, what do we got? And it was like Adventure Time. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's a great combination of all the all the good stuff, and it just makes it fun. And and that's cool that you you have them watching like the uh, the newer like the old school old school <laughs> stuff that you know instead of the newer stuff, which is awesome. Because yeah, there's there's tons of gems and then all that stuff as well, which is really great. Yeah. Like during Christmas, we watched uh, the Goonies. Oh, uh, Christmas yeah. movie night was the Goonies. The first time they ever watched the Goonies. Oh and... man. They were just loving it. They were like, "What? It's pirate ship? Oh, booby trap!" Yeah, it's, I was it's like, classic yeah. Spielberg at like his best, yeah. right? I mean, it's just like totally. it doesn't get better than that, really. It doesn't. Goonies was it's a staple. In it my is. Household. Yeah, that's cool. And it's cool when you have kids and you're able to show them those things. Like my daughter still hasn't seen Star Wars. She like she's kind of refusing it because I'm such a big fan of it. <laughs> I think she's doing it despite me for some reason. It's kind of mean. It's mom. Mom's telling her. <laughs> Probably, like, huh? Don't don't do Star Wars. Baby. That's nerd shit. Don't don't do that. don't feed Barbies. it. <laughs> don't feed the troll. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> but I don't know. I it, but it is really cool to be able to um, have those moments with your kids and and to be able to be like, damn, you know, like this is the first time you're seeing a movie that changed my life, you know, like or you know like or made me look at things differently or want to try this thing, you know, like this is a big deal. But like, I try not to like push too much of my own stuff i mean like you're the same thing oh yeah no yeah i'm not a like an overbearing father by any means yeah, like just do mom mom takes like to be honest like uh, on the real like my wife does more of the parenting around the house than i do i would but... hope so who does it then <laughs> <laughs> you're all yeah i come That's home sad. i eat dinner i'm like peace out i'm going to my closet <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly peace out dude oh hey <laughs> yeah yeah i know i dropped you off at school yeah right. <laughs> i've heard this story already yeah you heard the story you made it to school i left yeah that was all i needed <laughs> yo gabba gabba blah 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 yeah 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 they'll see you later i'll see you in the morning when i take you to school again <laughs> uh, i take i take a... i take you listen to like lucy k's comedy and stuff yes yes yeah yes, he, he yes. nails it so perfectly on so many things it's it's like finally it's, somebody like is okay with like this is so raw too it's just like oh there's yeah. like most people like also like one thing is like a uh it's like a thing a misconception in a way like you know when i was little i was like i'm never getting married i'm never having kids i'm gonna be a bachelor i'm gonna have a nice car nice house i'm gonna just <laughs> live life travel and then like I met Savannah, and then we had the the, the baby, and it was She's like, like we're having a baby. You're like, yes, we are totally having a baby. I was like, we're having a baby, and it's a boy. <laughs> yeah, baseball, football, yeah, yeah, yeah awesome. And then we didn't do any of that. It was just like gaming kid, and like, hey, let's do this, and the, you know, different type of kid, and he's like my nerdy kid. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sweet, this is awesome. And then like, you know, you look at things, and you go like. Uh, people were always like, dude, how do you get anything done? You have kids. Like, don't they pull you down? And I was like, oh, to be honest, to like, you know, it. I didn't think about it until, like, uh, you brought it up a minute ago. It's about, like, how do you manage your time, like, scheduling and stuff? Yeah. And, like, how do you find uh, things? And it's kids. Like, uh, they allow me to walk away and yeah. come back. 
Yep. And so it's just artists out there need to find something that, that allows them to leave what they're working on for a while to get a clear head and then come back with a fresh perspective. And like me going and getting inside my kids' worlds allows me to escape my world and go into their reality and then come back to my reality and be like, all right, what was I doing? Oh, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. Like, it gives your life a bit of purpose, um, a higher sense of purpose in a weird way. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, seriously, though, like, we're selfish people, like, selfish creatures in, in, the, in the nicest of senses, you know? But, like, I, I really admire my friend Anthony Jones. Uh, he seems to just kick ass at so many things, motherfucker. Oh, yeah, I met him uh, at uh, GDC. I was working the Ubisoft booth, and he awesome. came by and dropped his card, and I was like, I just remember his face and his voice, like from his like, uh, just following him through Facebook and over the years through like concept art and stuff like that. And yeah, it's like Anthony, whoa, because I was working the booth uh, to like hire students or hire people who were interested. And uh, at the time, our project wasn't announced yet or anything. But I saw him and I was like, yo, I would love to work with you. You know, let's let's talk. I'll I'll pass your stuff to, you know, now I'm in a position where I was in a position back then at Ubisoft where I could be like, yo, Kong Lee, yo, Anthony, uh, Marco, you guys want to work with us on our game? And, you know, so I was in a position where I could, you know, get these, these higher end people where it's like, I look up to as artists to help us progress our game. And it was just like, man, how do you, you know, what do you, you especially him, he's into everything, you know? Like, he is, he's, uh, He's really into everything. He's jack of all trades, that guy. All kinds of stuff he's inter interested in. Yeah, yeah. But he's got a really good handle on his family thing, and is cool. I was chatting with him. He's giving me some some tips and stuff because he just rocks at it. I'm like, fuck, how do you do that, man? And he just like rocks it. He has like, he has like four kids. He's like, yeah, man, you just have fun and do all this stuff I and mean, you just be amazing at everything. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> but it's not. It's, I think it's. I think it, a lot of it's just perspective and, and the way that you perceive things and how you deal with the situations at hand. So, um, but it's it's good. I, I mean, I grew up just with a single mother and I didn't have like a father figure to like kind of show me like, okay, this is what a dad does. And I can't use that as an excuse at all, obviously. But it, like it, it helps when you have friends or people. And I was like the one out of my group of friends to, to have a family first so everybody else is like yeah i saw some titties last night i'm like oh yeah well i kira threw up on the carpet <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no like uh, it's really funny like if you go out like with your friends and stuff and they're like trying to wingman with each other and stuff and they're just like and then there's the married two guys in the back and they're just like <laughs> laughing at them because we have wives to go home to and it's just like you guys you guys go have fun you you jokers and it's just like i'm gonna go home to my wife and kids you know you may knock me now but she's a cuddle bunny and so i'm there gonna go. get cuddles tonight <laughs> you are gonna go cuddle yourself hardcore cuddles dude hardcore cuddles. <laughs> <laughs> marriage people cuddles yeah dude it's like i don't know like everybody like knocks it and oh getting married and all this and nah. having kids is so bad but it's like Man, for anything, I needed it. I, like, I needed Jesus. I needed, like, my when I was growing up, my parents were like, you need the military. You're a horrible kid. Like, you're, you're a bad <laughs> kid. Like, you have too many things going on with you. Like, we need to send you for some discipline. And <laughs> <laughs> you need to join the military get some discipline in your life. Or, yeah, like, my, uh, my grandma was like, you need Jesus. And it's just like, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. I need this. I need this one. And then the kids came, and I was like, bam discipline like instant like reality check yeah. look 
you can't be a dumbass anymore. You have, yeah, you have somebody yeah. looking up to you, and it's like your wife ain't gonna put up with your shit forever. So yeah, change change some of that bullshit, you know, that crap you're doing. And <laughs> I was like, all right, all right, time to clean up my act. And like that's just kind of like going forward. And I haven't been the greatest husband or father going through the the whole time, but it's getting better. And um, you know, more time I. I put into it it's like art the more time you put into something the better it can be and you have to be able to listen oh yeah absolutely yeah it's but it's good to it's good that you acknowledge that you're not the best so that means that you're trying because that means you're just you want to you want to be better and stuff so i think that's just part of the growth part of wanting to be the better person that does better you know so yeah it's i think it sounds like you're kind of similar to me though it's like we get caught up in our own selfish ambitions and stuff and then before we know it the world around us is changing so but when you have kids you got to be really cautious of that because they get old so fast i mean they grow up so quickly so you got oh yeah and like it was getting to a stage where i was just doing the book in the closet and i heard like my son or somebody go yeah dad's in the closet doing his game or his book what a loser yeah or it's like no not yet not the loser part yeah but (laughs) it was more or less like he his mom told him to go ask dad about mm. what he thought about his drawing or something or and he's like he's busy you know in the closet working i don't want to bother him and Aww. i was like damn it you know you don't like i heard that through like a pause in the music or something and i was kind of like dude i'm a dumbass like yeah yeah so i was like i need to like leave the closet every now and then <laughs> talk to the kids <laughs> You think I'm joking, man? This is no, literally I don't think you're like joking. a closet. Just... Like, uh, in in the world of Sweden, there is no real estate really. Like, there's no big places, and so, out of our little apartment that we have here, um, the only place I could have a computer, and since I'm loud, my wife won't let me put it in the room. She won't let me put it in the living room because she wants to watch TV in peace. So I'm always like on Skype or Ventrilo talking to other artists or Google Hangouts, and mm. she's like, "You're loud. You're annoying. I don't want to hear you." <laughs> go to your closet and so, oh, amazing. so it's like i'm in i'm in my man cave i call it yeah of course yeah uh, so this is it, it works for me actually and it's it's so uh it's so small and quiet and convenient that i you know it's just enough for my little ikea desk and my two monitors and a chair mm. and uh it gets hot every now and then when i like, shut the door the computer. <laughs> <laughs> you come uh, out it's like surfacing a submarine it's like yeah. Oh my god! Oh, man, I farted too much in there. I gotta get out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no vents. Why did I eat that? <laughs> and like the creepiest part about the closet was, is like, uh, if I open the door, there's a crack. Like I can clearly see into my neighbor's uh, like TV couch area. So when they leave their kitchen, I'm just the geek dude next door who's always in the closet with headphones on. <laughs> staring at a screen in a chair like a computer chair uh, and so i'm just like brilliant. shut the door shut the door don't, don't let the neighbors see me geeking they're out all, tonight they're all, look at that guy <laughs> look at that guy honey look he's still there who wears headphones yeah. like what is that they're like these giant fucking headphones they're like do they, i thought they do earbuds nowadays <laughs> like what is what is that who's that a telemarketer what's going on yeah, is teller is selling timeshares <laughs> that's amazing yeah be the things we do you know but it's funny that's true though and all these things are they're silly like nerd things but there's truth to them and there's there's a there's a price to pay for this stuff you know but i think you're absolutely right when you said like you know your, your family 
the sacrifices and the things a little bit of sacrifice whatever you want to say it, whatever you get from it, it it's it works and it's it's beneficial to you as a person um, because it makes you realize that you're not the most important person in this universe, you know, so <laughs> I mean, if anything, I'm, I'm a super like selfish dude like my friends uh, With the book shit uh, They always like uh, my closer friends that they've started this like movement because on the first book I put like Ryan Hawkins's vertex like to be like it's Me presenting you guys with vertex or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so ever since then They've always, because I'm always like telling them, like, dude, should I take my name off of that? You know, because I'm not that type of person. I'm not looking for that. Uh, I don't, don't want to be known for just, you know, putting my name on other people's stuff and all that. You know, I want to just be known yeah. for a guy who's trying to do something good for the community and doing it that way. But I also want to get credit, you know, for the work that I do. You know, it, it's not monetary, but it's, you know, more or less exposure. And so I put my name on the cover and like my friends, they're just, they know that that's a deep sided issue with me. <laughs> so they're like, so I would like to introduce you to the Ryan Hawkins. And it's like, and I'm just like, motherfuckers. And so like now that that is spread though, like through Google Hangouts and through the internet and we're, and I go to like polycount meetups or I go to like these like different studios and they go, are you the Ryan Hawkins? And I'm like, oh my God, are you serious <laughs> with this right now? Like, I should have never perfect. put my name on that, that stupid book. And <laughs> it's just like little things like it's grown on me even to where the point where I was going to register the Ryan Hawkins. And then like it, it just revolves back into what you're saying, you know, like the whole like. Yeah, we're selfish assholes. We are. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, I've kind of like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You're right, guys. Yeah, be Ryan Hawkins. Like, There's no <laughs> like me. There's embrace no other Ash Thorpe like you. Just if you guys kind of keep dude. this up, I'm just going <laughs> to embrace it. It's like, yeah. uh, it's Within reason. Those... Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't, be, don't be a dick about it. And, and yeah. It's never going to the, – the, the way that it goes across is it, it's a funny moment that they know it bothers me. And yeah, it's one way that they know they can break me like that. Like just well, if you feel the fire, then they're just gonna keep putting. Oh, totally! Like it, you know? they, so. they, they know they like to drench me in the gas. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. that's yeah, and that's that's good. That's good friendship though. And they, people, well, yeah, and they have to put you back to square one. I mean, like you were on Ender's Game, right? Like that was yeah, the, yeah, I was on Ender's Game for a while. Yeah. I watched that, uh, like I said uh, recently, just so I could uh, do some homework on you and stuff. And like the UI elements on that stuff is really awesome. Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah. Like the, it wasn't a lot like. Uh, it's by the Thorpe. No. Come on, bro. Come on. Let's embrace <laughs> yeah, there, it. There's, there's so many. There were so many amazingly talented people on there um, that helped out with that. It's, you know, as you know, it's the same as video games. So many people involved. It's like, yeah, totally. Like I, I could never, ever like, uh, take credit for the book, like alone, like even to this day, yes, I do a lot of the editing and stuff like that, but there's three or four guys in the background doing the text edits. There's now a person that's doing like localization. Cause you know, like in Russia and stuff, they're like, they're really into this, this type of medium. And so they, there's tons of people in the background that I, you know, just got to go up front and go like, it's like an Academy Award speech that you get kicked off because you're too long. And it's just like, <laughs> I want to this guy, I want to take that guy. Yeah. It just be where it's at without the collective effort. Yes. The collective. There you go. Said it. Yes. Boom. Name <laughs> drop. <laughs> yeah. But no, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And it was a lot of work and it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just fucking mad. Madness. A lot of madness.
it's just so cool like to come you know like watch things like that or you know run into people um like we had this concept for aliens from sid mead come through mm. and i was like actually from sid mead and i was just like whoa that's looked fucking up killer this guy forever, and like he's doing this and now i'm talking to you you're in movies and you know um I've been like a big comic book fan all my life and like the, I know it's just Facebook happy birthdays and stuff but it was like I had Todd McFarlane send me a happy birthday on my birthday and I was just like whoa yeah that's tight fuck crazy like <laughs> and so like, it's just it's really it's really weird like to it's like his you assistant know, you're all oh. yeah yeah I'm like, oh, no longer cool it Damn says it. no it says Todd McFarlane I didn't read it you know, you're all just a, like I don't says, care I don't care. He told her to do it. See, <laughs> my wife paid her three thousand yeah, dollars. Send yeah, me that it. message. Just send it to him. He won't shut up. <laughs> no, tell him to leave me alone. Fuck. God, tell him to go back to the closet. Did you watch his documentary? You seen that? Mm. Yeah, I bring it up quite a bit in the podcast. You never the... seen it? It's like uh, his documentary on just like him as a person. No, no, no. The last documentary I watched on that style stuff was uh, the Geiger documentary. You should check it out. It's called uh, Todd McFarlane, Devil You Know. It's really good. Yeah, yeah it's really oh, good. Sure. If, if you're into that stuff. I mean, I'm really into, like, backgrounds of people because it's just so interesting to me. Like, oh, how did this guy yeah, get there? See where, see where they come up from and stuff. Like, um, there's tons of artists that, you know, they bring a lot of their history with them. And I think that's cool. Like, me, I'm always obsessed with military. And so, like... Uh, a lot of my concept bashes that I do are always focused around military, modern military, or you know, like different eras of the wars that we've been in, and just I really like that kind of period. So I bring that to my art, and so the more you find out about stuff or people, I think the more you respect. Or uh, you may think one guy's an asshole or douchebag or something, but then you find out about his life or something, and you're like, whoa, okay. Yeah, nothing is as it seems, you know. The more you're open to the idea that nothing's as your brain will categorize it, the more um, interesting of a life you'll have because you're allowing yourself to be open to change and adjustment. And I think that's what really leads to, like, an interesting life, you know. Like, um, the moment that you start to be prejudiced and, like, start to have preconceived things out of fear, it's like you just might as well just shut your brain off and go to sleep forever because it's like there's no point, you know. But you definitely you, don't want to do that. You need yeah. to be uh, an absorbent sponge. And it's hard to do that, you know? So I get why people do that, and it's scary. So, But it's just part of living and being a person, I think, you know? And it's your obligation as a citizen of the universe to do such a thing, you know? So Like, you, you want to absorb it, and then at the same time, you have, like, this, uh, this little thing inside you that says, well, I, I learned it, I want to use it, but I also want to do my version or my mark, you know? Sure. I, make, I don't want to just live on their legacy. I want to, you know, make my own legacy for my kids or other people to follow and stuff. So I think there's always that element too because you may overthink that part as well. And so that leads you to never finding that because you're overthinking that step. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's there's there's a lot of different angles to these things as well. I mean, it just depends on the scenario, obviously. But yeah, well, I wanted to talk to you more too because I gotta get I gotta eat lunch. I haven't eaten. Like all day. <laughs> Get the and food on. Yeah, just like feel like we're just barely scratching the surface of this like madness of your life, and you got a lot of really interesting things, and we haven't even really dived into like 
Ours. Probably some of the meat stuff. Yeah, the meaty stuff. We talked about VTech and shit for too long, but... <laughs> <laughs> VTech kicks in, yo. Yeah, you just, you know, like we're talking H22 and B18 and... Blah, 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 B16. Yeah! High bar. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'll have to definitely, like... Um, We'll have to definitely try yeah, to do like a do part again, two yeah. or yeah, it'd be fun because there's a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about kind of like the process of what you've done and kind of how you got there and all that stuff because we haven't really touched on that. Um, oh, and I'm sorry that uh, we segued into better be so sorry. different things. It's all your fault, dude. <laughs> how I'm dare you have such an interesting life? Next time you're going to have like a strict schedule for me. You're going to be like, all right, this is what we're talking about, bro. Yeah, the Forrest Gump stop, life, dude. What the hell? Stop talking about stop the Forrest Gump life. <laughs> <laughs> I have a chocolate. But uh, I, I just want to throw this out there. So like, do I sound like Ray Romano to you? You sound kind of like Simon Lee. Do you know who Simon Lee is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because like... Uh, like one of my like, like I, the only reason I say this is because I was I was talking to a friend earlier. Kind of do told him sound was, like Ray a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I was told I was gonna do this, and he's like, "Dude, you should just tell them you're Ray Romano and just be real with them, okay? Don't don't lie. <laughs> you are Ray Romano." I'm like, "Dude, shut up!" And he's like, "Before you end the podcast, you have to do a Debra," and it's like Debra. That is. And so, what's funny is when you were talking about like, yeah, I'm in the closet. And my wife does this and that. I was like, yeah, he kind of <laughs> sounds like Ray Romano. And he's like the Ray Romano character in real life. This is perfect. Yeah, it does. Now that, now that I put that back, damn it. So definitely Ray. Like my wife is wearing the pants and Ray's just going to the closet. He's like, yes, yes. Now, <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I mean, yeah, that does sound really high and spot on. So next time we'll have to do some more... Uh, more minor Ray Romano story. Yeah, my fr- <laughs> I have a friend. My friend Paul actually sounds really similar to Ray Romano as well. You guys, you guys should have a, should just a, have a, a Ray, Ray Romano, Romano battle. Yeah, like a, a like those epic rap yeah. battles. <laughs> yeah, if you just say Debra back and forth. Until... Yeah, Debra. No, I did it better. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can do that on the podcast. Let's, let's make that. It'll be a it'll be a, a Ray Romano voice it's, uh, battle people off. People are gonna listen to this one. And they're gonna be like, dude, I was listening to your podcast before, and like this one, it was like, whoa, you, you lost me at like stickers and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but that Ray Romano one, fuck, that, that was hot. Yeah, I didn't know you had Ray on your show. Like that's yeah. really cool. Actually. That was amazing. There was a th- two two Ray Romanos battling it out for three hours straight, <laughs> saying Debra. <laughs> and I could choose which one was each. You know, yeah. they both sound the same. Eventually, yeah, the, there's a singularity moment. Everything, time, time, and everything just stopped. <laughs> and like we we scream Ray, we scream the Ray Romano thing so much that somebody comes in and it's like sounds like Debra, <laughs> like. Out of nowhere, my wife shows up and she's like yelling at me to take the trash out, and she actually is that. <laughs> That'd be amazing. And then you realize that I really am Ray Romano, and it's just like, oh my god, Forrest Gump life! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> how dare this man change? Fooled me, bamboozled. <laughs> it's perfect. Well, oh, I had um... a good time doing with the talking and stuff. Um, definitely, you know, next time we'll we'll get down into the meats and the. Uh, you know, That's what she said. Could even bring another person on, and we could just, you know, do more if you want. Or I think it's plenty with you, dude. <laughs> We'd bring another person on, but I do. We have to do part three now because we didn't even talk about <laughs> art. <laughs> so yeah, and I've noticed yeah. that too. A lot yeah. of them, they feel like we need to do another another one just because, especially when you're like, because you're a talker just like me. So when yeah, you yeah. get with a talker, it's like, like I'm doing one with Brad Rigney again because like 
he's a talker just as well and it's like uh, we have to do another one because shit we just like kind of barely scratched the surface <laughs> yeah so we'll we'll definitely do that we'll set it up so but um, oh, i definitely did it was it was great talking to you and uh sorry to like i said to blow through this about life and forrest gump life stories and... how dare you no i don't i think that's what this is about though so it's like if you had to sit there and read a full whole freaking article about this i'd shoot myself in the head but you can sit there for free and enjoy like a conversation so i think we um I think we still like throughout the whole Forrest Gump life story. We we still gave we still did like a little here and there's about you know life and the industries and it still was a it wasn't so much all Forrest Gump but we still did try to you know bring it back. I know you tried to rope it back in a couple of times. But I was trying, dude. It's it just got away. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, I it's... found your weakness and it was cars and I was just like, all right, we're taking this a whole new way. <laughs> How dare all you? Right, awesome. I'll talk to you later. Man. Yeah, man. Have a great day. And then everybody that um, wants to get a hold of you or and reach out to your stuff, I'll have links at the bottom of the podcast or in the embedded in the iTunes thing so you can get a hold of him or see his book and, and support it. And um, yeah, if you're interested in this stuff as, as well, I think that you're into like having collaborators and stuff, right? So yeah, totally. Yeah, that'd be cool with me. Um, you know, and also like if people see the books and stuff and they feel like, look, they want to kind of give back to we have a thing on the website where they can you know offer contributions and stuff to be a part of the book there you go awesome that that's it man so wicked we'll have a great day and um yeah we'll be chatting again soon part two or to it man have a good lunch you too thanks buddy ciao never gonna never gonna